you staying home tonight? I hadn't planned on it, no. Plan on it. Minus five, four, three, two, one. Booster ignition and liftoff of Discovery. You're gonna die. I'm Raymond Arroyo. We'll see you next time. That's right, everyone. It's the show. It's the show, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's a late night. Late night version of the show, Allie. Oh, more energy. More energy. It's the show. It's better than that podcast with um, the guy from the circus. It's better with boxes. Is that what it is? Yep. It's it's better with the podcast. uh, It's better than that podcast with uh, the two priests fighting together. There you go. Uh, This is the show. This is better than the podcast with uh, those two large evangelists. Whoa, that stopped abruptly. That's going very (laughs) abruptly. Physically or spiritually large? Uh, Both of those. Yeah. Mm. Don't know. Uh, so there's one with Gomer and Dave Van Vickle, mm. like big every evangelist. And then there's Luke and Gomer. That's another mm. one. Yeah, big evangelists, big mm. time evangelists. Amen. Big time. So uh, everyone knows me, but we're here again with Johnny because Johnny just can't take a hint. Just can't take. <laughs> keeps a coming back. Taking the hint, man. Every time Nick and Allie are like, okay, cool, we'll be there. And then last minute, it's like, oh, Johnny's hard, man. <laughs> the second I saw them, I was like, if you guys want to tag in, I'll tag out. I don't know what you're talking about. We're back with the show. A-Lob is back for a second appearance. <clears throat> yes. People will remember A-Lob from one of the early episodes where we recorded on a couch in mm. a youth center. That was yeah. glorious. One of the biggest youth centers in Texas, actually. Yeah, it's almost like a club. Yeah, in Miami. What was the what was like the thesis or the quote from <laughs> from that episode? Like, what was your big takeaway? Oh, the big takeaway was Alob wanted to kill a bunch of people. I heard that too. No, just rad trods. <laughs> Very specific. We're gonna say it again. <laughs> yeah, as times are so tight with that. <laughs> so we're here with Andrew um, Jeremiah Labacher. Very close, James. 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 Oh, nice. Uh, also here with Bradley Banning, first time guest, long time yes. listener, yeah. huge fan, huge Patreon supporter, mm. premier yeah. status. I got mm. chills with that intro. <laughs> like hearing cool. it in person was nice. Right? Dude, it did Ooh. feel cool. I had did it, it in really? both ears. It did. It felt there's great. A, there's a lot of little Easter eggs hidden in that intro. Really? Yeah. One is Nick going. Hmm. Actually, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I have it here. It's oh, where is it? Where's Nick's laugh? Anyways, uh, we're also here with Bradley Banning, the Bradley Banning. I had to tell my wife, I said, look, a country singer's coming over. Mm. Not just a singer. A, like an attractive a superstar. Country, country singer. Superstar. So I said, yeah. you go to bed, miss. <laughs> you cannot stay awake. <laughs> I said, you don't come down. <laughs> just stay on by the lake. Just stay, stay out of eye shot of the Mr. 80 miles, 80 miles 80 from Santa Fe. <laughs> Mr. Bradley. It's um, a lake that's parked where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> out by the lake. You remember that old lake? Yeah, so Bradley, 180 by, miles from Santa, Santa Fe. Fe yeah. <laughs> Bradley, tell the sweet listeners at home and my mom a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself while I look for the Nick laughing. Hello, sweet listeners. <laughs> His voice is magical. <laughs> I think at least it, it feels that way in our ears right now because yeah. it's so close, but they probably won't hear it the same he's way. He's the greatest sounding guest so far. Yeah, for sure. How dare you? It's and, honestly Yeah, Allie's because... like, well, crap. Bradley, give give people a little... I'm I'm the only person here that is not like a musician. 
uh, all of you guys are kind of musicians, but Bradley, give give the listeners, the sweet listeners. You a never played anything in your life? Well, yeah, I actually used to do. I used to be pretty deep in the praise and worship scene. Clarinet? Yeah. Mm. He had an OP1, too. Wow. No, I did praise clarinet. That was mm. my thing. Yeah. yeah. I played air guitar tonight. Wow. Yeah. You That's played cool. the real guitar. It's my first time. Yeah, you played the real guitar. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of air guitar. I faked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a lot of uh, praise clarinet back before John Mark McMillan made mm. saxophone cool. Dang. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dang it. That was real hot. You could have you could have been that guy. Yeah. What was crazy was I could speak in tongues while playing the clarinet. <laughs> That's do, a gift. You still have yeah. a clarinet. It's hard to do that without swallowing the clarinet, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. How That's many clarinets did you have to replace? <laughs> it took a it took a few. Quite a few. <laughs> took a few to practice. <laughs> With a little um what's the wooden thing called? A reed. The reed. The reed, yep. You swallowed a bunch of reeds. <laughs> a bunch of reeds yeah, are in man. your stomach still. But I used Nowhere cedar. To go. I used a biblical wood for my reed. Mm, which I used one? like cedar. Mm. Is that biblical? Do you remember the is that Hebrew like word Noah's for Ark? cedar? Is it is or something ar- yeah. Is, look that up. Is. Anyways, Bradley. Enough mm. about Johnny. Bradley, mm. if you could tell the <laughs> listeners a little bit about you, I think I'm gonna name a first son Reed now. That'd be kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, I got, oh, so, I got real. Yeah, the, we, I know a Reed. <laughs> there was a Reed in our youth group who's now a seminarian for the Diocese of Fort Worth. Ooh, gonna yeah. be a priest. Dope. He's going to be an amazing priest. Okay, Bradley, tell people a little bit about you. I still want to look for Nick's little laugh. Keep going. Keep going. Go, go, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I'm a new Catholic. I've been Catholic for five Easter's now. I'm going mm. into my fifth year That's of awesome. being a Catholic. Native Texas, if you can't Native listen Texan. and hear. Yeah. Left Texas for 10 years when I was 18. Moved to Nashville. Worked in the music business. Ooh. God kind of called me back to Texas. Hey, there's a song. Just what is that? Going. I know it, it's on. called More. That's one of my songs. I going. wanted more out of life, Edmund, and so I asked God to give me more. This is nice. Is that true? And is that part of the song? That yes. is actually part of the oh, song. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh all my all Johnny, my Johnny, do you know how real. uncomfortable it would make you if while you were talking I played you trying to sing he is trading my sorrows from ear to ear right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, when when Edmund said your name, he said and this is Johnny Philip, you went <laughs> you tried to hide a smile. You I'm tried to gonna, hold it back. You're like Edmund said my name. I I like Sue attention. You like attention. Sue me. It's true. Actually, don't do that. No. I, to be <laughs> honest, uh, which oh, oh wow. We do it one more time. It's it's <laughs> in it? it's in the intro music. That's amazing. Uh, did you hide that in there on purpose? Yeah, what? Yeah, it is. A, it could be used for amazing mm. things. <laughs> You can make mm-hmm. a you can make a beat out of this that. This is when Nick doesn't find something very funny, but he's like there with you and you're his friend. Right. It's like it's like it was an okay joke. It was an okay joke. He's yeah. there for you. Yeah. And he'll good. just kinda What note is that, Johnny? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here that's, wait, hear it again. It. No, no, hold on. Everybody guess. Right, I'm gonna guess. Everybody take your guess. I'm gonna say B. Really? I'm gonna go with F sharp. <laughs> I was thinking D. <laughs> Try D. I think I got it. What is it? B. That's B. Oh man. Is it really? Yeah. That you know off. how I do it because I know Tom Tomergo. <laughs> Just go from there. So weird. I wanted to like try to start a beat or something. Okay, enough about Nick. More about Bradley. (laughs) Uh, Where was I? So you're native Texan. What do you do? Native Texan. What were you before you were Catholic? Uh, Methodist, Catholic light. Apparently, parents were parents were parents were Methodist. Parents were Methodist. Yeah. I grew up going. Actually, didn't get to go to church till I was about in second grade. My brother had a 
rare blood disease called autoimmune neutropenia, oh. which kept us from being out in public and being around a lot of people. And so um, he's been in remission for 23 years now, so he's alive and healthy. And it's how, actually his how, birthday today. Congratulations. What's his name? Braxton Banning. Braxton Banning. He got the cool name. He got Here's the cool to you, name. Braxton. Here's to Braxton. But, uh, so yeah. Uh, how did he? How did he get into remission? What did they do? Just feed uh, him a lot of kale. Yeah, it was kale Jeez. and a lot of vitamin C. What no. did they really do though? No, I I, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, it's a white blood cell disorder of yeah. deficiency, and um, so he got healthier. Was in the hospital a whole lot for the first like seven years of his life, Dang. and so I got to see Jeez. that. And uh, so I remember we started going to First United Methodist over in Grapevine. Um, around the time I was in second grade, I believe. And that's when we could start going to church as a family. And because he couldn't be around a lot of people because yeah. he would get sick really easily because he didn't have anything to fight off the yeah. uh, bacteria. Did you just burp? Oh, it sounded like you burped. Uh, did, it, did it not burped. sound like anything? I think it was, was, I think it was just all that topo I'll, chico. I'll tell you if I burped. I, was, I, I did one of these. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. <clears throat> he didn't what, claim what's it. What's that called? I did one of those. Anyways, throat. That, that is what's throat scary clear. about um, people with autoimmune – people that are – immunocompromised is I, I think the phrase like that does make me want to just like take every vaccine. Yeah. Like I, I, I get a little nervous about people that are like, t- give me every vaccine because reasons. But then that is one of the reasons that I'm like, Oh man, maybe I should just take every single vaccine because there are other people like you're walking through a Kroger sneezing on the cheese. And then someone who's like, you're just sneezing the flu out there and you're going to be fine. But then someone else who's, like your brother, yeah. I mean, it's like even if it's just like a small cold, yeah. it can be freaking horrible for them. You vaccinate yeah. your children? We do. I think there's certain ones that Danielle. There's like we're not as crazy as like the anti anti vaxxers, yeah. but um, we had a friend actually from Steubenville mm. who, who went on to be a doctor, and his whole thing was just who? to make. Um, I forget his name. Not a great mm. friend. Mm. Uh, but, uh, someone you knew. Someone I knew. At one point. I forget. I'm just blanking. I'm blanking on his name. Anyways, he said he, – he like really challenged us. He was like, you should make an informed decision. Yeah, like right. everything you put in your children's body, mm. you should – you you should not just listen to like the nationwide vaccination schedule yeah. and like what are your kids going to be exposed to where are they living like what are the risks what aren't the you know what what are you vaccinating for is yeah. it for some rare disease that's only like available in Africa like and and just really challenged me and my wife and so my wife did you know she has a biology background so she did a lot of research into it and, and there's cert I think there's just a few but for the most part yeah they get a lot they get all their vaccines but yeah there's just a few that she was like they don't need this at this age they're gonna grow past this that makes and, sense to me and we're homeschooled so we don't let them around most people um <laughs> or anything even when that. they're around people they don't really know how to talk to them well yeah they don't make eye contact or anything. no <laughs> yeah so. for those of you listening at home <laughs> it's <laughs> like it was like 10 30 when everyone showed up and my son's like i'm cracking nuts for everybody <laughs> getting everyone some nuts they're right think, here actually yeah we got some nuts homeschool my kids i think yeah the evidence is like pretty clear that that's yeah. really the better way for kids to learn if you're I mean, a normal of, if you're a normal person well, i think about all the times <laughs> that i was in school i was finished with the test or didn't finish exactly the test. there's so much wasted time so much wasted time so much wasted time I hated it. I, I hated that. It. Yeah, school sucks. No, homeschool it really is <laughs> homeschool really is the supreme option, but only wow. Did you see that? <laughs> no one saw it. <laughs> Every camera captured that. But Dude, only I just, I just dribbled. <laughs> <laughs> dribbled. <laughs> I think it was a double dribble. Nice. Double dribble. <laughs> a violation. Uh 
it's really good. Like when we we were nervous about homeschooling because we we're like, won't that make our kids weird? Right. And uh, we had some friends that were homeschooled. And they were like, it's only like homeschool kids are weird because they're, they're because their parents their are parents weird. are weird. That's yeah. exactly what I yeah. say. So if you're normal, your kids will be fine. Yeah. And we're like, All unfortunately right. for your kids, they'll be kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, my first roommate at Franciscan, like I showed up and he, you know, was your, like your classic cape. Cape. Uh, he had a cape. Oh, like wore a cape. Wait, what is that? He played stuff with called? Legos. He didn't drink water. He only drank soda. So in the uh, morning, you hear every morning. Oh my really? goodness! Uh, it's like Johnny. we were playing um, Anchorman <laughs> once on his Xbox, and I had like people over. We're watching Anchorman. Great movie. Great yeah. flick. Yeah. There's some inappropriate things. Yeah, yeah. Pretty funny. He literally during the movie goes up and presses it and takes it out because it was inappropriate. Wow. I mean, we're talking bold. Wow. And what grade was like? This, he was he was a, a freshman f- when you were a freshman. No, I was a junior. We, we were juniors. Wow, homeschooled, dude. You, I mean, cape. I mean, do you think Bradley? Like, do you think you could pull off a cape at a at like one of your, your next country concert and just don't mention it? You just wear a cape. I would like to try now. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you just really wore, like if you just try. don't say anything, I yeah. think you could kind of pull it off. You really could. Because there's something about the mystique of you got to separate yourself from the other country. It's like singers. one of those things where you start with like a really really short cape and the cape keeps getting longer every yeah. time you show up. And then first you got- it looks like shoulder pads, yeah. then it's a little longer. Well, that's the thing; it depends on the cape. Yeah, it really does. Mm. You'd have to do some cape research, I yeah, think, to do this properly. Did Prince wear capes? He seems like he. I'm sure he did. Elvis wore capes. Yeah, too. Elton John. Elton John. Yeah. I mean, Elvis had like a half cape, cape, you know. Yeah, he had the little short short stop cape. He just never got around to getting the big cape. Yeah. He died too soon. <laughs> How'd he die? Bro? Was that <laughs> too the soon? Lord took him, the, yeah. Lord took him to, the Lord took him before he got that longer cape. Right. <laughs> he got that cape in the sky. Ooh. So, uh, sorry, we were your story. Where were we at with your story? Oh, your you're Methodist. I was Methodist. Your my brother, brother, my brother, 25 was, years remission. Yeah, 20, 23, 25. We have no idea how he's he got over now. it. Yeah, he. He was sick, okay. and so and he so was you didn't healed. go to church till till second grade. Okay, but we were always brought up. You know, I went to uh, what's it called, like pre K or something at a uh, church Christ school yeah. called CDC, and went there. And then God was always present. My parents were Methodist before I was baptized and confirmed in the Methodist Church, mm. and um, that helped me become a Catholic because I was already confirmed and baptized, so they accepted it. I had to be reconfirmed, I guess, into the Catholic Church, but. Uh, yeah, I started going to Methodist Church in the second grade and grew up that way. Moved to Nashville for 10 years, worked in the music business, and uh, working up there, I was just kind of really unhappy. Did you, did you move to Nashville out of high school? Yeah, 18. When did you know you wanted to go into music? Uh, since I was four. Dang. Yeah, that's kind of the story behind it. Dude, it was, what was Nashville like? I don't think we've ever talked about this. Yeah, it was amazing. I love it. I still feel like I miss it. Yeah. But I, I miss the... Um, I've kind of found it here, you know. It's just everybody's more spread out, but yeah. it was the uh, creativity was so it was condensed. Like it, everybody was like on top of each other. You could literally go next door and say, "Hey, dude, you want to write a song?" And yeah. you can write a song. Dang. And um, everybody was just constantly creating. But it was kind of it was it's good that I moved because I kind of found myself more. I feel like you know. What What did you move out there to do? Uh, write songs and be an artist, and that was the problem. Was I went to school, went to Belmont. I graduated early with a BBA in music business, and uh, which serves a purpose now. But mm-hmm. everything changed since I graduated, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, so it was good, and um, I was scared of being broke mm. and didn't want to be broke. All my friends were getting uh, 
jobs and expense accounts and job titles. And I was like, oh, dang, I can't be left out, right? Were you trying to, like, be an independent musician or did you have a band? I, or no, like- I mean, the goal moving out there is to get signed, get a pub deal, get signed to a record label and that kind of thing. And to be honest, when I moved out there, I wasn't any good. And everybody, everybody out there is good. And I was, I had a lack of confidence and I heard the word no a lot, just mm. like everybody else does. And you yeah. learn, like, you know, you think you're good when you're in your hometown and then you move and you get out and you realize, oh, there are a lot of talented people. Well, I mean, it's not like, like sitting next to like two great musicians right here. And it's just it, you move to Nashville, and they're all great. Hey, Nick's behind me too. There's three. Yeah. Also, Allie. Sorry, uh, Allie, you're a musician. <laughs> I think Are Allie. You, no, Allie. A musician? Well, she dances. I didn't know that. She's a dancer. Liturgical. It's interpretive. Yeah. Liturgical. She's okay, a dancer. I didn't know that. She's a dancer. I didn't I mean, know that. I apologize. I think everyone in this room could play a G chord. I'm sure they could. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Wait, so, but yeah, but I mean, it's not like, I mean, open mic nights, open mic venues in Nashville compared to like Decatur, Georgia or something. I mean, it's like super, I mean, everyone's going to Nashville and I mean, it it would be much more competitive. I feel like just trying to make it as like, I'm an in, here I am, I'm writing songs, I'm playing country music. And everyone's like, yeah, there's like 500 other people that want this spot. You spend a lot of nights out at bars and you spend, you hear the word no a lot and it kind of breaks down your soul, but um, that's why it's important to uh, be rooted in God. And I, I guess that's what I was missing. I moved out there and I was like, you know, like I miss my Methodist church. I didn't really care about church growing up, to be honest with you. I didn't care about youth group. I didn't really go. I went because I was dating a girl at one point. I guess that's kind of why I go now, but right. Hey, it's not him. It's not, it's not him. Oh, no. okay. But, uh, no, I, I didn't. Really, I wasn't really enthusiastic about church. I liked going to church. I, I've always felt like God's had a hand on my shoulder, and I've never like just been crazy out of my mind. Yeah. But I moved to Nashville, and I was missing like some kind of community, and I knew something uh, was missing, and I figured out eventually that you know when I went to church on Sundays, my weeks went smoother. Mm. And then I uh, started. I was dating a girl. I didn't. You know, I knew God was like, "Hey, you shouldn't be in this relationship." And um, we started going to church together, though. And then I. We had an argument one day, and we didn't go to church that Sunday together. And my roommate was Catholic, and he was like, hey, you should go to church with me. I was like, okay, it's Jesus, whatever. And, dude, I, I knelt down on that kneeler in that Catholic church, and I was like, I'm home. I started, like, crying. I'm like, really? I'm not a crier. Like, I'm an emotional guy, but I don't cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, started getting tears, and I was like, what is this? I was like, I'm home. Like, this is where I want to be. That's interesting. And, like, no other before that – no other feelings of like I shouldn't be Methodist or anything. No, like, and it wasn't like I shouldn't be Methodist. This is bad. It was just like where is home? Where is God calling me? Yeah. And that's you know I was going to a Baptist church every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and it was a great church, a lot of great people, and I've struggled with that, like the division between denominations, because I yeah. know there's a lot of great Baptists, a lot of great Methodists, and I was just like, where is the where is the most truth, and where is God calling me? Yeah. And I knew He was calling me. To be there, and my roommate Colin Kerwin, who's another artist, great artist, songwriter from Ireland, um, just kind of helped me along in the process. And I knew he was calling me there. Met a girl, thought we were getting married, and she was kind of like pushing the brakes on the Catholic thing. And I was still working in the music business, wanted to write songs and that, and be an artist. And I was just kind of afraid to make that jump. And I was like, I broke down like August 2014. I was like, God, mm. make me the man you want me to be, the man that's good enough for this woman, because mm. I'm not. Two months later, no joke. And the part, um, there's three things that happened that day. One of them I kind of don't tell a lot of people. Wait, so your your girlfriend at the time is is what? Is Catholic? No. What was yeah, she? She was non-denom. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
and uh, we were going to non-denom church here, and what they called a trans-denominational church. Wow, I've never Acts heard of that. church or something out in trans-denominational. That's what they. That's what they told me, dude. It's 2019. Like, they, this, yeah, I was told it was sense. a trans-denominational church. You know, I've never assume, heard other. Than I don't there. assume the don- I'm about denom. To cross the line. <laughs> yeah. It's 2019. To cross it. <laughs> Here it comes. Cross it. <laughs> Sorry. So keep going. basically, I what I understand from trans-denominational, I guess <laughs> I is can't even like. This is a real denomination. Don't make fun of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't laugh. They're listening. Uh, Sorry. Keep going. All four yeah. of them are listening. Our right trans-denom brothers and sisters. Okay. <laughs> right. It means they've got a little bit of all. <laughs> yeah, they got a little so, bit of all of it. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> And, Alob, and come me. on, Alob. I'm, and, yes, I'm, I love and, them. They're my so brothers and sisters. There are trans-denom brothers and sisters. Yeah. To be honest, in there, they were they were really good people. But the funniest, the funny thing was that <laughs> I'm sorry I brought that up. Even <laughs> I, we're just so, tired and immature. I, what is wrong with you, Johnny? No, yeah. I ended up I ended up in a in a meeting on a Monday that they invited me to, where it was a bunch of dudes from the church, and they were like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is real, though. This, this is, is real. real, Johnny. This really this happened. Real. Johnny, let Bradley tell a story about yeah, walking real. into oh. a room full of trans denom <laughs> brothers, brothers, trans denom brothers. It really happened. It's not so, funny, Johnny. It's not. So they they invited me to a prayer group, funny. and they the pastor was there, and he invited a whole bunch of other dudes that they had kind of decided decided were elders in the church or something like that. Yeah. And they were going to decide what they were preaching on the next Sunday. And I was like, I should not be in this meeting right now. I should mm-hmm. not be deciding what these people are. Oh, you were helping decide? No, I was supposed to. And wow. I was like, I don't think I should be deciding yeah. what these people are going to be preached yeah. next yeah. week. This is prior to you going to the Mass. No, 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 no. This is it's after like, I'd been to the Mass. Because yeah. I went to Mass. I went to Mass for about a year and a half. Met this other girl. She was my granddad's ICU nurse. So you had wow. that one time of Mass, and then you just kept going. And I just kept going. Wow. But I didn't make the conversion. I started meeting... Dude, that's crazy. A bunch of Catholics, and I started praying. Mary, like, really, like, yeah, kind of actually, like, appeared to me, yeah, yeah. um, in a dream. And then after that dream, just had some like kind of mystical things happen that were yeah. weird. And yeah, yeah, I couldn't explain. And so I started asking Legit. God for truth. I've heard you tell those stories when you really? came to our parish, oh. like a few years ago. Oh yeah, that you, was you gave the whole story. I forgot and stuff. about it was that. Really cool. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it's like I mean, I had those up front, and yeah. I've had things happen since. But it's just like now it's normalized, I guess. But um, it's like you were talking about tonight, feeling God's presence. You know, mm-hmm. you you haven't felt it in a while. You don't feel it a lot. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it's not true. But um, yeah, there were a lot of mystical like really God coming into my life, things that happen up front. And uh, so I was basically, I just realized, I was like, wow, I, I started, even after I was like, I, I want to be Catholic, I kind of searched to see where is the truth yeah. and found, I was like, wow, all these things that they're creating in this denominational church, they're taking little pieces of all these churches yeah, and putting yeah, them yeah. together and they're coming up with their own, um, I don't know, what would a, what is... Um, Quilt. Yeah, I guess. And rituals, hmm. their own... Um, Liturgy. Yeah, what is the word? I'm, tradition is what Square I'm looking dance. for. They they wanted to create their own tradition, and I'm like, well, there's this tradition we've had for two over two thousand yeah. years yeah. here. What's um, it do what? <laughs> What's it called? What's yeah. it called? The Catholic Trans, Church. Trans Transdenominational. How old is that one? I don't know. It's it's pretty new. Johnny, I'm really. Sad I don't like that. how you're talking about our transdenom brothers and sisters. Don't you need to move start, on. Edmund. I'm, I'm over it. Guys need to be mature. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I don't like how you're talking about them. I don't either. You, keep you this watch going, your I like mouth. This. 
You watch so, your mouth, John. So you're going to mass for a year. I'm going to mass for every year, year and a half, and then we have that. Um, I'm going to mass though after I'm going to the Methodist church with my girlfriend. So you're mm. still like go to the Methodist. What are your parents? I mean, I'm I was not wondering about parents really. Well, what did your parents think about you going off? You're like mom, dad graduated high school, moving to Nashville. I'm going to be a musician. Were yeah. they like th- like this was a train we just can't stop? He's been since my fourth dad, grade. My dad's had success in the music business. Okay, um, who's your as dad? A songwriter. His name's David Banning, and um. He's had some success with artists, and he's had a gold record, and he's had cuts in Texas, Dang. and as a on Texas radio as a songwriter. Nice, um, not a musician at all, but a songwriter. So and, it was in the family. Yeah. So so, so they were support. Like they were like, oh, very sure, su- let's go very try supportive. it. Why not? Yeah. It, honestly, man, um, my mom told me a couple of years ago. She was like, I was I moved back to Texas, and I really I had some success up front moving back to Texas as an artist, and um, I was talking to my dad one night because I, I wasn't able to pay the bills full-time as a musician, so I had to have other work, and I had left a job in Nashville and the music business behind to pursue this, what I really thought I was called to, and she was like, you know, you have never – sorry, preface that. I was uh, picking up some contracting work, like doing landscaping stuff through mm-hmm. my dad's company that – they were passing on to me yeah. just to make extra money when I moved down here. And she's like, you know, you've never taken the full leap to actually make music your primary business. And I was like, Oh wow. And it kind of hurt. I was like, yeah, I'm too afraid to do it, man. And that's amazing. Like there are very few parents that would pressure their children mm. into yeah. going harder into the arts. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's amazing. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm not being picky, but like it wouldn't even pressure. She was just like, look, she was calling you out. She called me out. Yeah. And, and She's like, if you're going to really try this, like, yep, go for it. And it, I feel like God was really calling me to do that. And it, it's kind of weird, honestly. We we live in a great community. Um, I mean, I would say there's not a ton of people hurting here financially mm-hmm. in this DF, in this part of DFW. There are, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not, not to play. There's that some down. there's some small pockets, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you drive around Grapevine, there's pockets of. I, I actually, not too long ago, Nick and I were driving around. You can find pockets of just trailer parks like two inches apart from each other oh, just absolutely. like a hundred trailer parks just yeah. packed in so i mean it's there but it, you don't see it it's just hidden you don't you don't see it and what you do see though is a lot of wealth and you see um and that's not a bad thing yeah um, a lot of teslas yeah you see a lot of a lot of materialism and it's kind of intimidating to yeah. move here and be like okay i'm gonna be a full-time musician and you kind of feel like a hippie and you kind of feel like, oh, everybody kind of looks at you like, what are you doing? You're like living a pipe dream and you're living like a gypsy. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. Nobody really takes you seriously. It feels like, you know, I don't know if that's the truth or not, but yeah, I mean, it's probably some of my insecurity to be yeah. honest, but, uh, just like, you're always out at bars just playing. Like what's, yeah. what's the end goal? Like what's the, the pressure of like, yeah. what's your plan? But my mom called me out of on it and my parents have always been very supportive of it. And, um, all, my brother and my sister and I, they've always been supportive of what, you know, they want us to do what God's calling us to do. Yeah. And um, so they kind of let us live our lives, pray for us and um, support us. So, yeah, they, that was the, I think the hardest thing though, that was, that's been pretty easy for them. The hardest thing was like when I became Catholic, they were worried about me because I mean, we do have a lot of tradition. We have a lot of, I don't know, you could say rituals, you could say disciplines. Disciplines yeah. is probably a better word. Yeah. But um, I'm kind of an OCD person. And I have seen where the Catholic faith, it, it's great. And um, I don't have anything bad to say about it, but there have been things where 
I have been OCD about it. Mm. You know, the failure thing. They talked about failure tonight at church, um, about being a perfectionist. And I am kind of a perfectionist. And when, when I got that sacrament of reconciliation, I was like, oh man, I'm going to go every chance I get and tell (laughs) God every bad thing I've done. And so there were some bad things, but, um, they were worried about that. And, you know, my mom, I think, feels like she failed me because she led me down a path that I didn't think was right. But to be honest, if my mom hadn't taken us to the Methodist church, if they hadn't been Methodist, I never would have become Catholic, you mm. know, because there were so many things that mirrored and felt yeah. like home when I went into the Catholic church because I was raised Methodist. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've been supportive. It was hard for them, and, you know, they've had to trust God a lot, and I'm very appreciative that they've, um, you know, been supportive of that. But I know that that was probably the hardest part for them, getting yeah. back to what you had asked earlier. But it sounds like they're very faithful people. Like they've been a model of that. Very much so, especially in their marriage. They've known each other since they were four years old. Oh my and, gosh. Wow. Are you kidding me? They were they were neighbors. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have been dating that young. Yeah. Ah, I know. Twenty nineteen. They started dating when they were about sixteen, my mom's oh, okay. a year old. Huh? Because if my four year old starts 16. dating, I'm gonna be like no. cut it off. No, they they were neighbors. Uh, wow. And uh, That's down the road. Crazy. Yeah. Cut it off, kids. <laughs> Johnny what dreams have you given up on in your life? Oh, man. <laughs> Just as a contrast to Bradley following all of his, I know there's a lot yeah. of dreams you've kind of given up on. Uh-huh. How that old are you, Johnny? That's a great transition. 26 years young. Gosh, man, you're so old, and there's so many dreams you haven't followed through on. So many I've given up on. Playing for Bradley Banning is one of them I've given up on. You've never played for Bradley Banning? No, oh, I have. Has. I just oh, wow. uh, didn't get that call back, huh? Didn't get that call back. <laughs> Did you send in your tape? No, it's been it's there's been a few times. I've sent in some tapes. It, yeah. It's got some things working. He's got people that I've been connecting with. Uh, what are some other yeah. dreams that you've kind of not followed through on? To be honest, that's that's my dream is to have Johnny and me playing together. Oh uh, wow. Johnny I, I probably love that. Johnny probably Should won't follow after that dream. Should we hug right now? This is nice. Probably fail. Gosh. Oh wow. Best episode we ever had. I have someone cut that out. <laughs> cut that cut out. Have music <laughs> questions on Instagram for Bradley. Okay. You want to go now? Yeah. And and A And A plays music. Um mm. oh. Um, Praise and worship. I don't really know if you call that music. Right? I mean, hey, it's not right. you know hey, <laughs> it's only four chords. Uh, is it really music? It's in time. That means Ali, shut holy. up. It's real music. All right, it's praying out loud. <laughs> when you sing, you pray twice, Ali. <laughs> you have that all right. Respect. Shut up, Ali. Amen. <laughs> when you sing, <laughs> you pray brother. twice, Ali. All this shade when about praise chant, and worth. When you chant, you pray six times. That's, Ali, all this that is shit. true. I've heard you that. Hate yeah, you're not going to kill me. Times that. Don't say you're going to kill me, Ali. Yet? Is that what you said? I said I've repeated that. Oh. Uh, a question for Bradley Banning, country music superstar Bradley Banning. <laughs> what, uh, what's the best advice the to give someone when you're just starting out playing for a band? A-Lob, if you could answer this question first. Hey, who asked that, though? You got to tell, tell us who asked that. Why? Why do you have to tell us who asked that? Uh, it may, may, it's Wyatt, the guy who played keys for us. Tonight. He killed it, but, but he did come in with the question, so let's answer it. This is for you, Wyatt, wherever you are. Well, we probably, need to what, advice, what advice would you guys give people A-Lo. if they're just starting out? Don't. Don't do it. <laughs> just give up. Just give up now. What is it, that from? Just give up. Just quit. That's just from a quit. movie. That was probably Allie. Allie probably said that because she hates praise and worship like music. Like, like what, so specifically, what is he? What when is you're he just asking? starting out in music, well, where, like, it's so different though. Like, like what I do than what 
Bradley does, and like where I don't where think so. I no, really? I think so. with that dude, you know that's that's my biggest thing is I don't think it's all that different. Yeah, I, I wish it was. Okay, no, 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 maybe in the I sense, wish I guess that it of wasn't. like the genesis of how it came to be. Oh, because really? you're well, so you're okay, into so praise and worship that. and country. So we're so praise and worship versus country, right? Yeah. So yeah, like let's talk about the differences when you're starting out or you're. But I guess yeah, I started out in high school just playing like rock bands, right? Yeah. So Blink, we're just Blink meeting, 182. Yes. Yep. Pepper. Green Day. Green Day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing in bands in, in high school, and it was just like we played at parties, and it was cool because you were that guy playing guitar at yeah. a party yeah. while everyone's stoned and drunk, you know? And it's chicks, like, man. Chicks, man. They might like you, you know? Yeah. So I literally only played music in that capacity, and um, I think I started playing at church maybe junior or senior year because I was forced to go to mass. I was bored out of my mind, and I think my youth minister was like, hey, we need electric guitar players. And I'm like, I play guitar. And at church? So I'll go play guitar at church. You You're know, like, Saturday are there be- girls Heresy. there? Yeah. You're like, are there going to be girls there? No, so I'd be like raging Saturday night, you know, and then go mm-hmm. play mass. Like, yeah, it just wasn't, I wasn't obviously into it at all. But yeah. I guess my learning of music was very much in bunch of different genres i mean punk rock reggae i mean that's what i was like playing so all of a sudden I, that i had my conversion when i was 18 and then wait what do you mean your conversion were you catholic before i was catholic oh, a so reversion? a reversion okay sorry i'm not trying to be a jerk no i always forget how to say no that's a that's fu- that's a fine that's, question that, that's a, a lot of catholics need reversions yes i think reverse catholic yeah a lot of catholics need need rever- i mean yes. I, I had similar yeah similar yeah, like I went, you know, I went to mass because I had to, but I was very atheist in my worldview and a practical atheist. Yes, like, like you go to church, you associate with Catholicism, but practically you're living your life as if yeah. Jesus isn't trans. No, no, and I think yeah, it wasn't that much trans, but it was more actually like my none of my friends at my high school believed in God. Yeah, that I knew, um, and I wasn't. I was in the sports crowd, the surf crowd, the music crowd. So I guess I was technically like being trained in these like rock and roll settings, you know? Yeah. But then in worship, um, it was definitely different, like leading a band in prayer from leading a band for a show, mm-hmm. which was a huge shift. And still, I think in our world, as actually Jeremy Riddle said, he's a top worship leader in the world. He actually said there's never been a better time to get into Christian music for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dang. there's never been a better time because you can get some dope videos. You're, you're making good money, yeah. Uh, possibly. Well, um, yeah. You're getting a lot of exposure, and we associate visibility with value in our culture, even in the worship world. Mm-hmm. So the more visible you are, and the bigger shows, and the big, bigger worship events, and the more anointing you have, you know, it's like it's never been the easier. You are. It's never been easier to get a bunch of DSLR cameras and film a dope music video totally praise and worship music so that was a transition for me is like oh my gosh it's actually not about me i'm actually supposed to lead people to an encounter with god through music but i also don't want to suck and i actually now want to write songs for the church yeah so but yeah leading a band in that capacity is totally different too like learning how to worship and lead together like tonight was just super easy you know johnny and these you know these you guys have been doing it for a while um so when when, when you were playing at mass was it prayerful Performance or was it performance or was it? Um, I've definitely seen the performance type. Like I, I can tell really easily when someone's performing and then when someone's worshiping. But like when when they asked you to play at mass, was your experience more that it was a performance or like where did you start getting into? Because I know for a lot of people, right. there's a difference between performing at mass and right. what I think the gift of the charismatic movement to the Catholic Church as far as music was like. Yeah. No, we're gonna we're, we're like praying right. Not in like a well when we sing we pray twice but like 
we're singing in a way that the Holy Spirit might do something. Right. I guess, yeah, singing with that expectation, I actually was kind of taught that. So my youth minister was Aaron, Bar- Aaron Barda, Jackie Francois, then she left, and then Karen Reynolds. And Aaron, like, definitely trained me. He went to Franciscan. He was an MDG. Definitely trained us to worship. So I actually learned right from the beginning. And so I was just all of a sudden playing. I could not sing at 18. I had no voice, could not sing at all. And then my youth minister, Aaron, left, and he's like, you need to lead the youth band. And I'm like freaking out, you know, because yeah, like yeah. I have no skill set in that leading capacity. I was always an electric guitar player. So I started playing a mass. I was having full-on panic attacks. Really? Like, I had panic attack anxiety growing up, like really bad. Really? Yeah, horrible. Like I couldn't go places. I couldn't go to sleepovers. I couldn't get in a car and drive far away. It was bad. How many so, brothers and sisters do you have? I have one older sister. And then where are your parents from? Ventura, California. And then, so you grew up in California. I grew up in California my yeah. whole life. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, when, both when, sides when, of my family have anxiety. How, how young? Both sides of your family. Yeah, bad. How young did you start having I that? remember my first panic attack like it really? was yesterday. Tell me. I was 11 years old and I never had anything like that before. And I was sleep. I had a friend sleeping over. I remember he fell asleep and I didn't. And my fear was I would never be able to fall asleep and I would die. <laughs> and I had a horrible panic attack. I thought I was dying, you know, puking, all this stuff. And then... Yeah, I mean, from 11 really till 18, I had really bad panic attacks all the time. I mean, and I hated God for it. Like, but at least your parents were familiar with that. They did figure out that that was it. Yeah, um, it was pretty. Your sister brutal. didn't have that. She has it, but not as bad as I do. Like, did, when you had your first one, did they know? Like, okay, I don't think this, they knew. We know what this is. I don't think they knew, and then it kept happening. How often would you? Oh man, like, I don't really remember exactly, but it was. Every week for sure. Like where you feel like you're going to die. You know, you can't breathe. You're hyperventilating. It was brutal, man. So in high school, yeah, partying for me kind of calmed it down. There's sometimes when I was really stoned and really drunk, I'd have bad trips. Just to try to avoid Uh, I'd try to calm it down, yeah. Yeah. And it would make it worse. Actually, like people think that like, oh, weed chills you out and drinking. It actually makes all of it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was having some bad trips, you know, smoking weed and having panic attacks from getting too high. Yeah, yeah. So when I started leading worship all of a sudden, yeah, I was like I had to transition all that performance and all that like, oh, I can kind of dismiss my issues mm-hmm. to like – I was playing in front of you know 800 people mass. Literally while I'm singing, I remember having panic attacks and, and thinking like – when you have a panic attack, if anyone's ever had one, you have to run away. I mean it, it was so humiliating, right? Like I had to call my mom or something like that. You know, so like leading worship all of a sudden, I was like, God, why are you putting me in this situation? Every Sunday I was dreading. Because I knew I would get up there, start to lead mass, and probably have a panic attack while I'm leading worship. So what would you do while you're leading worship and you're having a panic attack? <laughs> Dude, I would just try and get through it. Yeah. Or, but are people like, why is this guy puking during the no, glory? I, wouldn't, I didn't puke in any of them. You're just having the like gnarliest yeah. mental game yeah, yeah. of trying to breathe. and. That's yeah, crazy that you wild. could get through it though. That's crazy that you could get through the mass and still perform. And, like, it was pretty weird. Yeah. It was wild. And then God really healed me through – prayer ministry and some i was on zola for a little bit went to some counseling and i couldn't get on a plane you know and now i'm a platinum flyer with multiple <laughs> airlines and how do you manage it now like what's the thing that helps i haven't most? had a panic attack in probably eight years so it was really a jesus thing i'd say it was supernatural yeah um and i really i think just learned a lot about um dr karen line leaf wrote a book um uh about there was a lot of neuroscience and scripture pointing to the reality of like the, the necessity of taking thoughts captive mm. and toxic thinking and healthy thinking 
And really, the phone has actually created so much toxic thinking in our yeah. environment. More yeah. people are experiencing depression and anxiety simply because of our thought life. Totally. Um, the book's called Switch on Your Brain. Switch, read it. Switch on Your Brain. Switch on Your Brain. Okay. It kind of has that like prosperity kind of thing, but it's incredibly scriptural. And actually, I see so many Catholic uh, yeah. correlation to it. So that's, you, that, that's helped me a lot. Do you meditate or do you like headspace or anything like that? Mm, more just prayer. Yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't had a panic attack in a really long time. That's awesome. So yeah, Johnny said he wanted to give you one tonight, and I said that was inappropriate. <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah, it was really messed so, up. So I don't know. So bands, right? Music. Yeah. So leading worship, I just think, yeah, it has that different like end goal, there. right? Yeah. I still think you can actually, yeah, you can still obviously like bring people to a place in a concert where they like experience hope or something more, you know? Well, and and that's the thing that I, I mean, I'm trying to do is I've always felt called to country music. Yeah, right. And I was always afraid of it. Yeah. Um, well. Wait, afraid of what? Of music, of, of doing it, of putting myself out there. I, I played my first show when I was in high school. My first, like, big public thing was probably senior year of high school. Yeah, dude, sucked. me too. Sucked. Wait, but like, you said but you was, always felt called to it, but but you're still but you were scared of it. Like what do you yeah. mean by that? Yeah, dude, so, it's freaky. I was I was 4 years old, my dad was a songwriter. He turned down a pub deal in Nashville which uh, to be a published like staff writer to be a songwriter. Um he Harlan Howard, one of the biggest songwriters in Nashville, hundreds of number ones, um had published several of his songs, taken them on, was pitching them to big artists and you know, things were moving forward for him. He got offered to move up there at one point and be a staff writer to write songs for other people mm. and didn't take it to keep us close to our grandparents here mm. in our family. Dang. Yeah. And, you know, I for a long time, I probably like resented that mm. and was, you know, felt bad for him. But I've, I've learned more over um, the last at least three years that, wow, my dad did the right thing. And um, not that that stuff is bad, but he did the right thing for our family and for yeah. him. Um but yeah, I was afraid of it. I kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it, it changed over time. Take it back to the last couple of years, I've been afraid of it because in the beginning it was putting myself out there and being vulnerable. Um, senior year came in, I wasn't great. I wrote a parody to Beverly Hills by Weezer. It was <laughs> yes. Colleyville. It was a country yes. version. Oh, oh no, 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 no. It was a, it was a punk I version. Love that. And it, I was sang a, it. it was it. Was Colleyville? It was Weezer, and so we were playing Colleyville, and I went to Grayvine oh. High School, so I was like, Colleyville, that's who we're gonna beat. And so we made a, we had our band Hi. play it at the Hi. pep rally. Yeah, <laughs> and we played it at the pep rally. It was so much fun. And it gave me that bug to do it more. I was already yeah. playing guitar a lot and trying to write songs, um, but it wasn't good. And people were just kind of like bullies to me. And were like, "Oh, that sucked, man." And I was like, "Well, you didn't have the guts to get up there and do it." Yeah. And um, and then I'm I was like, after that happened, I was like, "I'm going to Nashville next year. It doesn't matter." And I got my acceptance letter like two months later to Belmont, That's Nashville, legit. and um. Got up to Nashville. I I had my first panic attacks in Nashville. Whoa, hey yo! I haven't I had one this year that was bizarre and weird, but I haven't had any in the last four since my conversion. Mm. To be honest, um, panic I, brothers. But That's what I'm talking about panic but brothers. When I had the panic attack this year, it was kind of weird because I felt it, but it didn't affect me in the same way. I knew what it was, mm. and so it was weird. But with my conversion, they kind of went away. To be honest, yeah, um, miraculously, it was like healing, like you yeah. said. Um, so if people are starting out, what would, what advice would you give them? Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, no, we, no. We, this we is all good. No, no, no. I think this is all trust, good. Trust. Find context. Find God. Don't have a panic attack. Yeah. No, but you guys were talking about when the question first got brought up, you guys were saying, well, maybe it's different for both genres. Right. And Bradley was saying, no, it's kind of the same. But what advice would you give someone or what advice would you would you have given yourself back in high school or mm. back in middle school yeah, or whatever? Good. If, you know, if be patient, did, did you know you wanted to like you didn't it didn't sound like you knew that you wanted to actually do. Yeah, music. no, this has never been like people ask me. Traveling full time, playing Christian music, you know, people ask all the time, like, dude, you're living the dream, bro. And I'm like, this wasn't the dream. I never wanted to do this. And I don't even, like, I've been on the road for four years full time. Like, I mean, I'm flying every week or driving every week, mostly flying every week. I mean, it's pretty brutal. And I don't recommend it to to people, you know, because it, I just don't, um, yeah, I don't know the longevity of how you can actually do this. And have but, a family. And have and a family and be in your vocation and things. And obviously people have done it. but And have community. I, I keep hearing more and more of like bands like taking a step back because it affected their family. And I just don't want to ever get to that point where it's like, oh, it affected our family. We have to take a step back. But yeah. I have learned a lot. And I think God has like shown me a lot, at least in the music realm of, uh, I think there is something to be said about... Um, really following the desires that God puts on your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's country, wh- whatever genre it is, um, there is something to be said. Like I, I know my lane is worship. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I love people that get to do, uh, you know, music that's. Um, I think it's cool right now to do like Christian music that's not Christian music, and people like that. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm cool with that, and I think it's awesome. But I just blatantly want to worship Jesus, and I know that's my lane. And I've just kind of stuck in that, you know, and so I would just encourage people to stay in your lane. It really doesn't matter what, quote, success you have, right? Like, whatever that looks like, whether you're playing at at bars in your city or you're playing at a church, um, I've found the hustle is really exhausting. And I Mm -hmm. see people hustling, and I I personally don't. Um, And God sets up my booking, and it's been great, you know? Dude, that amen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. following just your your gifts, I think, is really beneficial. Like you don't need – and that's what the phone and social media has done is you're comparing every single gig that you do to someone else's. Yeah. And it's like sometimes I'm looking at these bigger worship nights or these other things or even a country concert. I'm like, dang, they look like they're just having a blast. Like, yeah. Why did I just do worship? Like they, it's they so have, lame. Yeah, they but, have hazers and we yeah, don't. Yeah, they have – yeah. Tonight, and you can drink beer. Yeah. Dude, tonight I'm I'm fake guitar playing next to you. <laughs> and I to be honest, I mean, this is how it worked. Johnny turned on the tracks and he actually forgot to turn on the tracks, so I just like mimed what the other dude was playing. I love that. It was so Michael Mister. Philly guitar player yeah. is really good. So he and, makes, he's like two guitar players. Yeah, so I, I mimed what he was doing because I didn't have time to learn the songs. Yeah. I knew one of the songs, but I, I was just like not in the headspace. I woke up this morning and was like just sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine now. Like it was just allergies. I've been singing too much. I've been playing too yeah. much and not sleeping enough. You look great. And Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You don't look sick. <laughs> I'm not. I don't feel sick right now, but I Johnny actually, looks awful. I had to bow out of a a songwriter's retreat this morning that I really, really wanted to be at. But it was one of those things. It's like, going back to what you're talking about, it was like, where does God want me? Mm. Is the question I would ask even as a, I mean, whoever you are, but especially if you're like 
starting out as a musician, where does God want me? Where am I meant to serve as a musician? Because that's what he really started showing me. I can't get up there and do what you did tonight. I was looking at you and it's awesome because my girlfriend was singing right next to you. I'm like, Mm. man, I wish I could do that. But the thing is, I can't. I, I mean, it's not that I can't. I've tried and it, it really makes me anxious to try and do those worship nights. But mm. you have such a gift for it, man. And you're staying in your lane and you're doing and you're great at what you're great at. And you're using the gifts that God's given you. And there's no reason for me to be jealous of that. And there's no reason for me to compete with that. Because right. if we're doing exactly what he's asking us to do, he's given us everything we need. Mm. And we just need to lift everybody else up. Because you, yeah. you lifted up like, I mean, 200 plus kids there tonight, right? At, at the... At, while you while we were worshiping, I was we there. Playing. I was there too. He lifted uh, you. Me. Were, yeah, oh, Alob lifted <laughs> me for sure. Physically picked physically him up. Yeah, <laughs> but as I also I see that missing in the world is yeah. us rejoicing in other people's gifts. Yeah. yeah, and I've talked about that a lot. Like I love to see an environment where, especially in the ministry world, right? We're maybe in the ministry world, and and you, you see a lot. At least I see a lot of. I don't know. It's like we need to provide, you know, for, you know, for our existence, but we're also like promoting and hustling and then it's like this weird comparison thing and then we don't actually rejoice in what other people are doing and we're usually just and we're really good at sharing with what other ministries aren't doing and i'm like man i'd love to maybe just have more of a community in the music world whatever genre it is where we actually just encourage each other and we're like dude like you're you're killing it like you're traveling, playing country music, like that's awesome. I like I I feel the same way. Like I can't do that. I yeah. need actually you being a Catholic in that environment, yeah. Because I can't be there, and I'm not supposed to be there. And it's not, and I'm not any better because I'm in churchy environments. Exactly. I think actually it's more dangerous. Yeah. For us to be in yeah, churchy it's like environments. it's like we need we need Catholic politicians. We need Catholic yeah. like we need faithful politicians, plumbers. Yep. yep. And I've told people before. I think I'm just a weaker person and Jesus knows that I need to be around church stuff all the time. Because if I was like, if I was doing secular stuff and I didn't have to get up and talk about Jesus, I think, I think I would just be awful. I I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could play in bars every night and not, I don't know, go home with a Vietnamese girl. Yeah. Well, well, think about cute. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) It's a funny comment. So I mean, funny about it. Just being vulnerable. We're being very vulnerable. It's great. The Vietnamese are funny. Is that what you're saying? Dude, I had Vietnamese neighbors growing up. They're great people. You're right. I've been talking. My point is, I just like my point is that (laughs) you haven't talked. People are tempted to look at people working in the church and go, "Oh man, they're so holy." And I think, in a weird way, that God's like, "No, I kind of need you around because I need to remind you." That, like, you can't get away with stuff. I think more people are going to take a higher place in heaven that weren't in head ministry positions, yeah, especially no, people like us on stage. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to shut up because <laughs> you, you just said some great stuff. I mean, <laughs> well, dude, it's if, if, if I got in his lane, it would be about me. And if he got in my lane, it would be about him. But if we nice. stay in our lanes, it's about God. Oh, boom, yeah. baby. That's, that's I like, the I like what you were saying, too, though. And people talk about this a lot, but I, no, we haven't talked about this on this podcast, but this whole idea of, um, scarcity mindset versus abundance mm. mindset. And so scarcity mindset is like, if you get a gig, that's one less gig that I can't right. get. Yeah. Yeah. If and I've felt, and I've felt that and heard that and yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, the way I like flipped it in my brain was I, I just thought from very early on with everything, youth ministry, speaking, yeah. anything I do, for some reason, I just tricked myself into thinking, 
losers have scarcity mindset. Like, like people that are really, really good aren't threatened or scared. Right. And like, if someone starts copying your stuff, whatever, like you're just, like, if you have abundance mindset and you're actually really good, you don't care. You're going to come up with new stuff. Yeah. Like if someone's stealing all your stuff, you're like, come up with new stuff. Like, I don't yeah, care. Right. Yeah. You know, like when you have an abundance mindset, it's, it, you know, when people are asking for help and you're tempted to go, well, I'm not going to help them. You're just like, no, I give everything away. I don't yep. copyright anything. Give all of it away because abundance mindset. I'll come up with something better. I'll come yeah. up with something good. Like, like, um, you know, I'm helping this person as if I'm right. really confident in what I'm doing, even if you're tempted to not be. You know, I just try not to have that that scarcity mindset is like if you get a good thing, that's one less good thing I get. Right. Dude. And I, I think really at least something that's been rocking me lately is like not forgetting the person in all this. Like every show, every talk tonight, every worship event. I mean, it is so easy to get in the uh, just flow of life, right, and gigs and ministry. And yeah. I've definitely had moments of, um, you know, you, you just get so – like you know certain maybe phrases or, or hit people or maybe this certain song will get this emotion. And um, I don't know. It's been rocking me lately and it's kind of like, you know, from, from Rich Mullins and, and also mm. just some other um, – just saints that i think are reminding me again like in all this stuff just to not forget the person Mm. you know and it sounds simple but we really have made ourselves so connected and so isolated at the same time it's pretty wild yeah you know like i i can go a whole day flying across the u.s and not talk to one person and be surrounded by hundreds Yeah. yeah yeah Mm. you know it's pretty trippy so i think in all this stuff at least in yeah that scarcity abundance idea for me, I, I don't know. I I experience the the abundance when I'm like personal with people after, or yeah, when you're talking to someone and they're asking like, "Hey, how did you get into this?" and I'm like, "Dude, I just kind of like fell in love with Jesus and started playing at my church like for twelve kids. Mm-hmm. Actually, that wasn't twelve. That was biblical. I don't know why I said that. Maybe good tw- Maybe twenty five. You know what's so weird to me? Seventy two. Is you go? That was you- biblical too. <laughs> Seventy two <Yeah>. kids. <laughs> Sorry, Bradley. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, and Bradley. Here we go. And what's so crazy is that you listen, you go look at all these autobiographies or biographies about musicians and rock bands. I mean, whether it's rock or country or blues or whatever you want to call it, pop, a lot of them got their start in church. Hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's it's just funny to me. Whitney. Yeah. And I watched a lot of those Netflix series on flights. It was like Whitney, Elton John. Uh, who else was the other one? There's like they almost all start in church, dude. So one Vince, of, Vince McMahon <laughs> didn't he start in church? Who? Katy Perry. Yeah, Katy oh, Perry. Oh yeah, she did. She was in Nashville for a while. She's who else? Super who else Allie? Cute. I love Katy Perry. Richie Guy. Mm-hmm. Nick Gutierrez. Mm. Megadeth. I think you guys are not taking this seriously. <laughs> I think you're being. No, you're being sarcastic. What were you saying? Wait, you're gonna finish something. Dude. Yeah, I Bradley. think it was good. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it was good. Yeah. No, don't I, lose it. No, but it's it's just like so many people have started in church, and I think I want all music to point to God. And I, I've got this. I've been doing house shows with a friend of mine who's a priest. He used to be a CFR, and now he's a diocesan nice. priest from the diocese of Philadelphia. But he's out in Nashville. His name's Father Kevin McGoldrick. Kevin McGoldrick. You can find him. He's got his own Divine Mercy Chaplet. But we go out and do house shows together, and we'll do some house shows. Me and Alob will do some house shows. I'm if anybody wants a house down. show, hit us up. But we've been going out and doing these house shows, 
and he's got this wonderful homily. We're on the show We're at a house show. right now. There you go. We are. <laughs> he's got this wonderful homily he does at our house shows um, called Twisted Mystics, and he'll take like you know John Mayer for example, and he'll go like uh, in the blood, his song in the blood, and you notice like even though John Mayer's secular and maybe his what he's saying in his songs don't line up with Catholic teaching. They're all pointing to God. They're pointing mm. to this deeper desire, this true, this, they're pointing to the truth. He's looking for that truth mm. and he calls it twisted mystics. And he's got a couple of songs dope. that he's like released and pointed out. And I think, you know, within the secular world, I don't think it's bad as a Catholic or a Christian to, to listen to these songs. It's not, it's not what you, you do. Yeah. And it, it, it's more, it is what I do. Um, right. I'm trying to find this middle ground. I want my art to point to God. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, normal things. I want to talk about drinking. You know, I like to have whiskey. I like to drink a beer, you know, should I get drunk? No. I, I mean, um, Bible tells us that. But yeah. I, but I think there is a place for it. I think there is a place for moderation. Yeah. And um, so I want to talk about my life, and people need to relate to life, and they need to be able to relate their life to God. And so yeah. I want to give them a way to do that. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my country yeah, music. Awesome. And you you give us a way to worship God. And I think when I think my songs suck though, but I, maybe no, one day I've I'll write a good I've one. I've listened to them. I actually no, they're pretty bad. The other day, but I think one day I'll write a good one. Oh, Did dude, you play any of yours tonight? You know no. what? Let's. God, let's no. Why don't we write a song? I'm so down. Dude, you guys should do. This was like when uh, read a worship when song Tim McGraw when, song. when Tim McGraw and Nelly did a song together. <laughs> like, dude, you guys could be the first country in praise and worship, right? Dude, yeah, let's do, do it together. That. Let's do like our own version of uh, so something about a truck, <laughs> and then Jesus is on the truck. Jesus's name. I'm, I'm down. That'd be I'm cool. Down too. But it is. Cool. But it, you know what? I've I've and this is maybe not interesting to anyone else but me. But you like philosophy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you ever wait? Th- philosophy is interesting to a lot of people. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I like good. It. Do you ever think about how music came about? I mean, there's no evolutionary necessity in music. Uh, like, like, like when was the first time someone, but like, did music? Yeah, but even like the way the chords and sounds and these mm-hmm. vibrations work together to create moods. Mm-hmm. Like, why is minor minor? Yeah. And yeah these yeah. ideas, but like, even it is weird. But even like the genesis of music to me is crazy. Like, why did you that mean, happen? You mean throw something weird at you? So let's get weird. Um, throw it. Throw you're, it at you're me. talking about panic attacks, and I was talking about panic attacks, and we're talking about Johnny's not talking about anything at all. Why aren't you talking? I'm just, he's I'm just soaking it up. He's <laughs> panicking. I feel bad no, that he's not I'm talking. I'm in the middle of panicking. Johnny, what do, he's what been do you te- think about checking his phone have, the whole time? You know what? Yeah. Johnny, I'm, did you ever just on his phone the whole time? We've got questions, but it, we're an hour into this, and we're still on the first question. Oh, man. So, Are we an People hour listen into to three this? hours of Joe done. I think we're done with the questions. No, keep going. Did you ever have a panic attack? Uh, you look like so- I, well, can I just say you right look now. like someone that would have a panic attack. Have panic <laughs> I'm not saying that you every day. Like I don't think that A. or Bradley do, but you do. I I think I've had what is probably a panic attack. Yeah, I don't well, know for I don't sure. Know. But yeah. when Finish. Edmund was speaking tonight, I was like, why did I? Speak. <laughs> the, that was kind of a panic attack. <laughs> You're like, oh shoot, he's saying some stuff. He's not I was doing not doing okay well. with it. <laughs> the intro was amazing. I was dying laughing. Oh, it's oh, always risky. <clears throat> intro is always risky. Kids failing at Making everything. Fun of kids racking themselves. It always it always goes well. <laughs> Bradley, back to you. <laughs> I like the uh, football reference in there. Throwing the Dude, there's oh, a lot of fun yeah. Keller lineman. I texted Johnny. Before I, I prepped for that, I did not. I texted know that's Johnny how about he it. Was gonna 
do I said, that. Johnny, what's like a sucky football team? <laughs> I really asked him. And, and Johnny threw, was like, Keller. I threw my own school under the bus. <laughs> oh, man. That's where I went to school. Hometown hero. Mm. So I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, anyways, it, it would be dumb if I just repeated it. But It would be. Watch the video. So you look like someone that has a lot of panic attacks. <laughs> Is it the jean jacket? No, it's just his frame. Is it the tie? It's just his <laughs> face. It's just everything. It's just your face. Yeah. You know, like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I've been told I have a very punchable face. You know, it's like... No, you just look like you're kind of panicky. Kind of like a rabbit. Like, you just kind of like... You're just kind of real... Like, you know, you, you run... Look, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, I'm just saying you look like you run in a zigzag pattern. Like, you you look like you kind of... Bah, 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 bah. You know, you're just bah, like... Bah, bah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's me. That's this is all here. starting to make so much sense. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Bradley, what were you saying? Imagine Johnny with a bushy <laughs> tail. Gosh. Uh, that's kind of cute. Getting some Halloween ideas. Kind of cute. I have a rabbit yeah, too. Yeah. You'd be I'm an just, Easter bunny for I'm just Halloween. I'm you at the Easter bunny is not real. I'm Can you imagine Johnny eating a carrot right now? Look at that. You have one? How do you I can imagine Johnny eating a carrot. Did you have braces? Raise your hand in the room if you've had braces. Yeah, dude, how messed up were your teeth? Raise before? your hand if you wore your retainer at all after your braces. Like raise two your weeks. hand, like if two you had, weeks. If you had headgear, I never. You had headgear? Wore. Did you really? When were you born? 1970? Oh, 90. You got you good had headgear? Teeth, man. How'd you get headgear? Dude, it was dope. <laughs> Do you have a picture? Like, out in, I was out in, in California. With my headgear, like. <laughs> <laughs> out in California, they're like, we're still using headgear. That other yeah. stuff. Can cause cancer, I so think we'll I'll do, do the that headgear. to my child. Like They're we'll definitely have greater technology by then. But I'll no, give we, my child headgear. We already headgear. do. You can yeah. order stuff in the mail where it's just like they'll just you just put something on kind of like a retainer, the clear stuff over your teeth. Yeah, yeah. and you just changes every month. It's so nice. Maybe they had that technology then, and my parents were like, dude, this will be hilarious. <laughs> give the kid headgear. Let's they can feel them. super insecure. Keep, yeah. keep him humble. Yeah. <laughs> Put that wrench to the back of his head and tighten those yeah. wires up. Literally, there's two metal things at the end of my molars, and yeah. then you just put the metal things in there. Oh. And, yeah. and then you had the rubber band back. Like, yeah. They're like, this will keep him chased. Rank. Just kind of wrench uh, it down. The- chase, oh, I was yeah. super pure after Girl's that. Girl's never going to kiss him with this. No. Yeah. I was going to a bunch grade. of wire wrapping. I don't know if you guys have ever had this thought. I have. Like, when Jesus turns 13, Mary's like, okay, we're going to the orthodontist. Time to fix your teeth. Like that's not where I thought that was going to go. That's like the thing. Me neither. I thought like, you were going to like Mary talk. had the sex talk. Yes, that's no. what I was thinking too. <laughs> but now, all right, Jesus, uh, now you're I want to know. <laughs> I'm not no, time but, for the okay. sex talk. It feels so weird to like talk about it feels that. So weird, but it's like no, no, no. no the, we're still no, doing it. The way it went. The way it went was like this. Okay, wait. This is this is church teaching. Okay, here we go. Mary did not have the sex talk with Jesus because he already knew. But the way it went, it was kind of awkward. Right, Jesus is like tying up his sandals, mm. and Mary just kind of she's not sure. I mean, she's the mother of God, but she's not sure. She's not omni. Uh, she's not omniscient. Crap, right. this is heresy. So she's it? just like no, no, no. So this is how is this it? goes. No, no, no. They're know. they're about to go somewhere. You can speculate. Mary's already ready to go. Jesus is tying up his sandals, and then Mary just goes. You think she talked to Joseph before? Like, hey, today we're gonna have the talk. No, she doesn't include him in anything. Yeah, I mean, who he is doesn't he? Say he's anything. just a normie. Yeah, I mean, he's normal. Can you imagine him like at dinner with them? Like, yeah. like, hey guys, I'm not perfect. <laughs> but then the other guys, you know, they're like, they're just silent because yeah. they are perfect. They're just like, well, I think that'd be so yeah, funny. Okay, it'd be hilarious. So. Anyway, so Jesus is lace, lacing up his sandals or whatever. <laughs> And Mary's like, she's not sure if she should bring it up, but she knows he's 13, but also he's God. And she knows that. So she's just like, she just kind of skirts the issue. She's just like, you know, Jesus, if you ever have any questions and his eyes, his eyes just like look up at her 
and, I've and never, just, I've never thought of this. Is she but, know but, the but Jesus is Jesus is kind and merciful, right? So he he's not looking Slow up at anger her. And yeah, kindness. he's not looking up at her angry, but he just kind of looks. He just looks up at her, and she's just like, "If you have any questions, just know you can talk to me. Go ask your uncle John the Baptist, because I don't know anything about sex." Oh, you know, good point. She said. So Mary's just like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa we can whoa. talk." Well, she knows about sex. She knows it's a thing. Hey, wait, know? his uncle what do you wasn't mean? John How? the Baptist. That was his cousin, cousin. bro. Yeah, yeah dude, right. get that. That's that was heresy. That's heresy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the story of Mary giving the sex talk to Jesus. Dude, that's amazing to think about. Yeah, Mary's just like, GSCC, Look. this is your youth minister. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> I, how, I wonder how Jesus I like related to women like during that time of like because probably height, perfectly what, what, yeah probably perfectly no, you're right but like so what does that look like like in in high school time for that time like they're getting married at that time so they're yeah. like well, you're spitting I think, game in the temple you know what well, I mean like, yeah no I think Jesus kept like room for the Holy Spirit yeah probably, hands at the waist right. slow dance he just kind of I kind of just yeah. want to know if he had crooked teeth or not and then when he was resurrected oh, he for were sure. they straight yeah no for sure <laughs> that's why they were didn't they? recognize him they didn't recognize he him had straight teeth because they never your... seen someone with straight teeth <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he that's just had a great point yeah he had a grill and then and then well but here's the thing though. Jesus was – he didn't have any sin and oh, I've heard right. people say that like the effects of sin are yeah, those types body. of – Yeah, so – There was no effect on the body of Do you think he would have just had a perfect body though? He probably used coconut he, oil I for bet he hair. didn't. Okay. I bet he didn't. <laughs> he was probably having apple cider vinegar he, very regularly. He kept the scars. Did he not? He kept well, – after. But I'm saying like when he was born and he was 13, did he have pimples? Mm. No, he was intermittent fasting. <laughs> Because as, as only the angels do. I wonder. Right. I wonder if people had. Well, I guess they had pimples back then. But. They for sure. Dude, I think the shot. I think Father Spitzer's stuff on the on the shroud turn is legit. I think that's actually we have the resurrection cloth of, cloth of Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. The Father shroud Spitzer. of Turin. Father, Sp- Father, Father Spitzer found. Father Spitzer. Found no, no, he didn't. Sorry, I didn't state that properly. No, he did a bunch of uh, scientific work and pretty much put together all of the uh, study that have been done on that. He a legionnaire. Why would you cast doubt He's on a this man? See, I think He's he a Jesuit. Is, that's where PhD uh, physicist Robert Spitzer. What's a legionnaire? Yeah, no, he, dude, and, the uh, Shroud of Turin is legit. Yeah, it's incredible. I haven't seen this. Is this oh on my Netflix? Gosh. Uh, no, it's not any. Formed? It's a, it's a document. Form.org? It's a written so document. So far past that. Now. Oh, the work he did on the Shroud. Yes, on the Shroud of Turin. Johnny, he pay synthesized attention. Synthesized a lot of the different studies that have been done on it. Oh that's my cool. gosh, it's amazing. So the thing I was thinking though, we don't see his teeth in the Shroud of Turin. Father Spitzer? And um, like the people that study it, like Jesus's teeth aren't yeah. seen in the children, which would be nice if he was smiling. Because <laughs> he, he's Jesus. So when he died, yeah, he's like, when he died, and they, they're wrapping him and he's like, <laughs> he's like smiling. He's like, I'll show you. <laughs> Even when he's dead, he's just like, just you wait. Right. Just you wait. And then we could have seen his teeth. <laughs> yeah. That was a I'm long. Not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. That was a good. That was a good bit about the Stratoturian. That was a good bit. You know, Mary just not sure if she's gonna have the sex Father talk Robert with Jesus. Spitzer. Check it out. I will. Because she's because Mary is perfect, right? So she's like, I have to be a perfect mother. And even though he's the son of God, I'm gonna teach his human side of the human part of him. Mm. Yeah, he never lusted. So he, but he probably. Do you think he experienced? Wait. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold sexual on. attraction. Well, so Jesus didn't. That's that's what I want to ask is. If he experienced sin like we experienced sin, well, he, well, like he, he didn't. He didn't sin, but he, he experienced tempted. the temptation like we did. So yeah. did he experience lust, but mm-hmm. he didn't act on it? Mm-hmm. 
Whoa. I doubt it. What is the teaching on well, that? No, but now I'm, I'm being serious here. I'm not trying to joke around. Like, I'm getting serious. Like, did he, he experience the temptations like we did? So he must have experienced what that felt like. Well, I, what that temptation felt I, like. Because are I th- you? I think he wouldn't experience the temptation the same way we would. Yeah. Like I think he would probably acknowledge like like when Satan. But he's definitely tempted. Yeah, like when yeah. Satan tempts him, but but it's it's like a different thing. Yeah. Like when my son's tempted to lie about some stupid thing, I I just I mean. Sure, I acknowledge that feeling somewhere deep down, but it's not even it's not even close. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So I think for him it would have been very, very different than like experiencing the type of lustful thoughts that I have. Yeah. Right. I think you would have different experience of those thoughts. Tell us some yeah. of those thoughts. Johnny, could you describe some of your lustful thoughts, maybe? <laughs> I just asked you that. Oh, is that what you said? That's literally what I said. I thought that's what you thought. I wasn't uh, sure if that was in my head or if it was I don't think I don't think Jesus would experience lustful temptation because Wait, lust, are you saying he that's the only temptation he wouldn't? No, I or? don't think I don't think he would have experienced it any way that you and I would just because But he still he would experience had, the temptation of lust. He I don't think so. He, no, he had to have. Well, but in a different way, right? Because like he's, that. I know the different yeah, way, but, but we're still saying so, that yeah. he experienced well, temptation and lust. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, I in think it's sense. so different that you can't even call it lust. In my opinion, I think you. I get what you're I, saying. I, I have to pause. I haven't thought about. I would have to say you enough. have to call it lust because he overcame all sin, and so in order to have overcome all that sin, he would have had to have overcome lust. Right, but, but John, for, Johnny's point is that. The experience would be something very different than what we're thinking. I would, about. I would probably agree. Right. With that. So how would I'm gonna, we describe I'm gonna, I'm, different? Well, was he lusting about like so? What was his lust like? Well, no, no, no. I think I think like the temptation to lust is the is the what <laughs> took a weird turn. So the temp, like, like who is it that was talking about theology of the body? Right. Like the opposite of hate is you, or the opposite of love is use. Right. right. So at any point in time. There's the there is the opportunity for me to use Johnny instead of actually looking at him as the beautiful creature that he is. Mm, the rabbit face. So yeah. like, I, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I could start looking at Johnny lustfully right now, but I'm choosing not to. So like, like Jesus always had that. It's opportunity. like a passive temptation was always yeah, present like, for Jesus. Like I think for us, the type of lust we're thinking about actually probably, to be honest, is just entertaining lust because we're mm. like the thought keeps going. And then we're like struggling with, okay, here's this thought. But yeah. I think for Jesus, there's always the opportunity to dis, to abuse any good. Right. And so Jesus would have experienced at least like there's an opportunity for me to not use to right. to abuse this. But before the fall, it just would have been like, well, yeah, there's an opportunity, but I'm not going to do it. Like, and they I'm also like I, I would assume in that time too, lust wouldn't – maybe it would be. But like we have porn now. Like, yeah, there were no yoga there pants. There was no yoga pants and porn. Or like twerking. They, yeah, twerking. Yeah, fish. Yeah, stuff. They're just like, but they didn't have that back then. You know, yeah. it probably wasn't as a common experience where it's no. like we have access to horrible things just to click away. Yeah, and yeah. you're experiencing that from for me, age yeah fourteen. Yeah, their version of lust is like, man, Ishmael can really work a donkey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's it's tame though. It's just like, man, yeah. he's a strong man. I think we're talking about the philosophy of music, and then we went to that. Yeah, we, we went to braces, and then we went. Uh, to- well, braces made us think about lustful thoughts, then- right? <laughs> oh my gosh! And then we were wondering whether or not Mary had the sex talk with Jesus. Right. That was honestly great. I've thought about that. 
That's a bit right there we could work but have on. We, have we actually, like, but do have, we know where music came from? I don't, well, okay, that's what I was getting to. With, Does someone, like, bang I'm something sure accidentally? I'm sure this is a thing. Like, I'm sure this is a whole scholarly. Well, I know. I want to look I'm into sure that. There's, well, no, and I don't, this. I don't know how true and accurate this is, and so I'm just throwing it out there. But Father Kevin McGoldrick, who I was talking about, a friend of mine, check him out. Kevin McGoldrick, he's got his own Divine Mercy Chaplet, and he does this talk when we do house shows together about um, Twisted Mystics um, and how music, secular music points to um, uh, true good and beautiful yeah. things, holy things. Transcendentals. Uh, yeah, and he was telling me, because I was when I was going through my conversion, he was kind of talking about how when he went – uh, how he when he became a priest he listened to only CCM music for like two years and then he came back to like Nirvana and the Beatles and that kind of thing because he realized there was beauty in it yeah and um and so where were we going with the Salov well, where was where, do we know where music came from okay so he was he was talking about that and I believe it's him it was him or it was a discussion that got brought up and. I, you were talking about earlier how you experienced your panic attacks when you came on stage or when you went to go do that stuff. I, I experienced that, like that panicky kind of like fear, kind of like, oh, this is stressful when I go and play liturgical stuff or right. play any kind of music, honestly. Um, and somebody had explained to me with that in mind, that Twisted Mystic stuff that they had said like Satan was one of – was it the seraphim? With the the hierarchy of the the angels, like seraphim were the uh, musicians, right? I, I can't remember if it is who, whatever what you're talking about, yeah. whatever rank of he was angels, like the second highest. Choir. He was yeah. high. He was a high. He up was there. whatever choir of vice president. He was, mm. he was like the musical, the musicians yeah. of angels, and someone had trippy. Yeah, well, and someone had told me, you know, he he. He hates music. You're talking about um, whoever was the first person to say it. I'm not quite sure, but when you sing, you pray twice. He doesn't like music, yeah, and especially if it uh, leads people to God. And you think about what are the things that we consume like the most in the world? Music. We all consume music, yeah. Yeah. and think about what um, secular music looks like right now. I mean, it is tarnished yeah. with. I'm in love a, with your body. Yeah, abuse oh, of wow, alcohol, wow. abuse yeah. of the body. Yeah. Um, it's, Dude, that's true. And but but underlying in all of it, there is this looking for this goodness, looking for God. I think, and I and what I would love to do with what I am, what God is leading me to do in country music is point back to Him yeah. and give them secular music. And I, I mean, I guess secular music that sounds weird, but I give them music that points to God, but really speaks into their their life and the yeah. reality of the life that they're living. And um, I don't know that. You're talking about the beginnings of music, and that just reminded me of that. Whoever had said that to me at some point about um, Satan being that specific choir of music and really not wanting that to speak. Because um, another priest had said in a homily years ago, he said we have to be, um, we have to be. I wish I could think of exactly what he was talking about right now. Um, he was speaking. He was thinking about music. He was talking about the music that we listen to, um, it skips the head and goes straight to the heart. Mm. And he said, the music that we're consuming, we have to be conscious of it because it skips the mind and goes straight to the heart. Mm. And if we can, if we can turn culture around, because to, the reality of it is we're not all listening to CCM music. No. You know, I wish we were all praising Jesus when we were listening to music and singing yeah. music. Um, 
but we have to be conscious of what we're consuming yeah. because it is it's it's going straight to here, mm. you know. And what's in here is coming out of our mouth. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Johnny, <clears throat> you listen to a lot of secular music, right? Only Bradley Bailey. That's really. I've only got two songs out there right now till next month. <laughs> and listen to those lot. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> we have another question here on Instagram. We have like twenty questions. Come on, lightning round. Here we go. Lightning round. Bang. Well, we still didn't answer the first one. So yeah, we yeah, did. did. <laughs> Johnny, you weren't paying attention. Run in your lane, bro. Yeah, dude, get in that lane, man. Uh, Stop looking at other people's lane. Run in yours. Yeah. Stop comparing your life, dude. Merge, merge when it's appropriate. Yeah. Whoops. Like, we're going to merge. Come on, Johnny. What is it? I don't know how we're going to do a Christian. This question is for Edmund Mitchell. What is the purpose of this podcast? Oh, my gosh. Skip this question. Who is There is no purpose. Who's your celebrity crush? There is no purpose. You guys got to stop talking over me. Who's your celebrity crush? I love how you just said there's no purpose. Listen to the sound of my voice. Who's your celebrity crush? A-Lob. Wow. I don't watch a lot of like movies. Is that just me? Who's your celebrity crush, Bradley? Don't say your girlfriend. Uh, I was going to. I knew it. No, I'm serious <laughs> though, dude. No, I, uh, I'm serious. It's a whole other tangent. She's a celebrity no. to him. She's a, she's a celebrity to him, <laughs> man. Another tangent, that's sweet. dude. Oh, that's sweet, man. Uh, she's yours. Works Who's yours? She's a celebrity. celebrity. To, I want to yours. Mine. My celebrity crush. Some Vietnamese one for sure. Oh what? yes, yes, Lord. I don't know. He probably said it like wasn't me. it wasn't me. Gosh, <laughs> probably like Joe Pesci. <laughs> I, I knew it would be a man. <laughs> Somehow knew. I don't know. He uh, seems like fun. And he, seems, <laughs> he seems like fun. He seems like he would. He seems like a cuddler. Hmm. Let me pull up Joe Pesci. He seems uh, like a cuddler. You know what I mean? He seems like he would cuddle. Is he oh, the gosh, worst thing I don't think he would. Well, but you know, I don't know. He just seems. Like, wait, hold know. on. Here's here's a question, for Johnny. Johnny, are you the little spoon or the big spoon? What? Be honest. Are you the little spoon or the big spoon? I'm the little spoon. It depends. I, I mean, I'm little, so I can't assume. I can't ever see myself being the big <laughs> spoon. Totally well, but see, depends. here's the thing. I don't like hair in my face, uh. so I will back up into it. <laughs> into Is the that why spoon. you don't have a beard? Yeah. No. Yep. That's the only reason I don't have a beard. No, but I do. I do take comfort in the like. For some reason, like something along my backside makes me feel safe. You guys ever sleep with a pillow in between your leg? Yeah. No. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Me too. Because otherwise, my hip will like fall asleep. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Or Joe? What about you, Johnny? Dude, he, who's your celebrity? Joe. Joe. Who's your celebrity crush? Uh, up until I got married, it was Jennifer Aniston. Now oh. I'm not allowed to say that because I'm wow. married. Why are you not allowed to say that? <laughs> Some bitterness. That's from that's my, fine. From the my Bit- beloved Julie. I don't know. She seems like a lot of work. She's a lot of work. I mean, she she's just seems high maintenance. Even just making her your celebrity crush, like she just seems like I she's, know. Look at I mean, like there's she's, a lot of baggage. Oh, I know who mine is. What? Who? Um, I don't know her name. She's the woman in uh. Uh, she was uh, Ryan Gosling's girlfriend in the Notebook. Kate Upton. Oh, oh, uh, no. uh, uh, Mean Girls. Um, uh, Jared Leto. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. I just 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, what a beautiful creature. Yeah, she's got a thing going on. She's got a thing. What? Oh. No, but no. She, she kind of has that, like, the notebook era, like, look to her. I never watched Classic. the notebook until, like, last yeah, year. She has right kind of like that, a. Like, that's how she has. <laughs> I was in orchestra. We watched the notebook, like, three times a year. Wait, so you weren't joking. You really played an instrument. Oh my gosh, yeah. do you actually play the clarinet? No, violin. Dang it. Do you really? Well, I mean, I don't. Na- I mean, like, I played for eight years. Bradley's and like, you want to play stopped. fiddle? Rachel and then I played guitar so... a lot. I mean, I, I could play guitar. I could play the guitar. Is that what you're thinking? Gosh, yeah. she's just such a beautiful creature. Yeah, she's nice. She seems actually like um, nice. Why don't you search Kayla Gallahar on there? Dear <laughs> Kayla <laughs> no, do it. She's got some YouTube videos up there. What? Not gonna lie, from um, college. From college, I don't know where they went. Curls Dynasty. Okay. Kayla. Well, you're dating no. K- Kayla. You you spelled it wrong. K a y. No, you know you know you know who I also really I did like. Not know that. Oh, that's funny. This is all. Uh, did you not know that? I did not know that. Who's oh, yeah. that? Who's that girl that's from great. Star Trek? Spock. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Dude, it's the ears. No, who's that? The new star. The new Star Trek. Um. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Spock's uh, girlfriend. Spock had a girlfriend? Yeah. I didn't know that. You know who I'm talking about, Allie? Yeah. That's who's coming to mind. No, not Uhura. 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 Dude, don't make fun of my celebrity crush, Bradley. Why are you? What are you whispering? Dude, this is awesome. Okay, what are the other questions? Bobby <laughs> Angel isn't... just sent me Lamb of God. Baby shark mass. No. What? Wait, where's the new? This girl. Lamb of God. This girl. Lamb of God. Lamb of God. What's her name? What's her name? Zoe. Grant us peace. What? Oh my God. Oh, I love her. Zoe Saldivar? No, that is definitely not. That's it. That's that's like forty different women. Gosh, Allie. Yes, I find her very. I th- I she's my celebrity truck. Yeah, she was in uh, <laughs> my celebrity trust. Celebrity, celebrity trans. My celebrity trust fund. Mm. Oh my gosh. What was another question on here? That, we're, we're, we're not. We're what was done. the other question, Johnny? We're done. You said there were twenty freaking questions. Let's go through them quick. That was two. That, okay. Lightning we said round. This would be quick. Okay. Ding ding we ding. We started ding, this ding. at one hour fifteen minutes. Yeah, we have till three hours. Come that on, man. Was a ten minute Joe question. What's the other question? That could be a thirty second question. Oh my gosh. Edmonds cooler than Joe Dude, Let's do lightning right? round. Lightning oh round. my okay. gosh, she's so that I mean, was come on, beautiful. Come on. You are perfect in all of your face. <laughs> oh my. Oh, shout out to Mark Piro. He watches this. Dude, she'd be Catholic. I feel like what? y'all invited. I just shout out Mark Piro. To Mark Hart? Uh, yeah. Oh, Mark, Mark Piro. Mark Piro, who listens. He loves this show. Oh, What's the, the questions? I deleted them. Johnny, are you freaking Please kidding me? Log into your That's phone. Most of them are just Allie and Nick. and. Or, but we want to hear Johnny, them. a no question. Are, Here we not. go. Okay, let's do this. Come on. I, I don't have I feel weirdly awake right now. I saw all of them. I'm wide awake. I have to get up in like five hours. Yeah, Dude, I got a big day amazing. tomorrow, too. Dude, you have five kids. Talk about that. <sighs> got a huge day. Talk about it? Like being a dad, what's it like? It's cool. Is it weird seeing your children that like have – they like look like you. Yeah, I feel I, like I, that's weird. No, I think there's a thing when they're your kids, you don't see it. I don't see it. Really? I just don't see it. Mm. I don't know if maybe I don't know. I just don't. I don't really like. It's something weird about it being I your just own kids. That'd be just, weird. It's yeah, gotta be really sad. How old were you when you had your first child? Your wife had a child. Thirteen. 
You were 13? Uh, no, my child. Well, yeah, yeah, I was 13. Hmm. <laughs> no, uh, I think 22. That's so crazy. Yeah, dude. very young. Were you like Franciscan Mary? Oh, yeah, we were like, all right, we're going to be super Catholic. Yeah. Like, let's have a lot of kids and like, let's do this. You know, you're not holy unless you have more than 10 you kids. you we were. We thought we were. Yeah. Turns out after a couple of years, we just were not doing that well. Yeah. Because with each kid, we got successively more like contraceptive. Like we were trying to not have kids. Yeah. Not contraceptive, but yeah. like with every progressive child, we were like, okay, look, this time, like we're really going to try to not have kids. Yeah. And then it was like, maybe we just suck at this. Like maybe we're not doing NFP well. Yeah. Like maybe we're charting wrong. Yeah. Like we're not carrying the one or something. Hmm. I don't know much about that, but. <laughs> Carrying the ones important. So what's the next question, Johnny? I, I'm telling you, we are done. We have no really? questions. Really? Wow. Yet. That's so I'm boring. Serious. Yeah, that is boring. We had a lot, lot of cool tests. stuff, though. I, we did hit on a lot of cool yeah. stuff. What would Joe Rogan say next? Uh, he'd be like, have you ever tried psychedelics? Yeah. He's all about that. Yeah. He hates religion, too. I don't know if that he necessarily – I mean, he has some friends that are pretty religious. But, yeah, I mean, the, the interview with him and Charles or Richard Dawkins was yeah. kind of depressing. Just, yeah. Like, I haven't I heard of that one. It wasn't super fun. I mean, Richard Dawkins isn't the most. I don't know. He's just. I mean, anyone that can agree with Stephen Hawking and say that philosophy is dead is probably not going to have a yeah. very logical conversation. My thing with Richard Dawkins, especially in this interview, was I've never. He hasn't had braces. Yeah, that's true. But the British, they don't think they have that technology. Good, good point. He, for someone who's scientific, and I, I find this also with Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah, for someone gosh. who's like the scientific method is supposed to be open to the fact that like science change, like science finds new discoveries, right? You'll never find someone who's more staunch with certain things about that will never happen. This is impossible. That can't happen. Right. And you're just like, man, dude, 10 years ago, scientists were saying that about things. Like you would think scientists would be more like, let's, well, we're going to invent, I don't know. And then, but then that's also the problem, right? Is that they're so open-ended that they are never will stand on any type of truth because it might change. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. both extremes are, are difficult. But I just, I like, there's a few times in the podcast where Richard Dawkins is like, well, well, if they could figure this out, like that would, that's impossible. That can't happen. Yeah. And I was just thinking, man, that's what people were thinking about electrons. Like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Right. was like, th- well, electrons are. They're either waves or they're particles. They can't be both. Just and then, a wave. yeah, yeah. See exactly that classic song about electrons. So when you listen to that stuff, do you get kind of angry? Uh, like the Richard Dawkins one was one of the like first. being an academic and then hearing a guy of who culturally I, is. I'm not an academic. You're not. No. What do you mean? Am I an, like you went? You got a degree. Well, I mean, everyone that gets a degree is an that, academic. I think so. I mean, look at Johnny's degree. Yeah, that doesn't count. What's your degree in? Music. Oh, he's uh-huh. good at music, though. He's an academic. Yeah. No, I mean, the Richard Dawkins one is one of the only ones that I've not – I didn't get upset, but it was just like, oh, come on. But, right. But I don't know. Um, but people really believe what he says. That's what well, I think okay. makes it – But this goes back to what Bradley Banning was saying. Why did I say your last name? Such a great name. Johnny What's your middle it. name? Kyle. I do say it. This no, goes just, back to what Bradley Kyle Banning was saying. That actually sounds cool. I don't know. I would have went with a different middle name. But no, I say go so, with the whole thing. So uh, I think one of the reasons I like the Joe, I like Joe Rogan is he is – I don't know how else to say this other than he's sincere. For sure. And so he, he might be wrong on some stuff, but he's – very sincere and humble, right? A lot of you know when he's talking. Well, about he's stuff. agnostic, like he's pretty yeah, agnostic. Yeah, he's and, very indifferent, and he's like, I mean, he'll just, I mean, he 
he'll just do the best he can. And he's like, I don't know anything. And he's very, and he just, he just wants to do what's right. He just wants to find the truth and he's open-minded and, and, um, I will listen to anyone who is at least sincere, even if they're the crazy, like if they have the craziest worldview, if they're sincere, then I can relate to them. Mm. Uh, there are tinges of insincerity in Richard Dawkins or certain people that, that are like, dogmatic about their beliefs well they would say that about us christians well but some of us christians are like you know the john mark mcmillan or, or gunger or audrey Assads who are like well look yeah i believe this but well gunger is atheist now true yeah but but like there is a there is a way that even christians can be open open to the mystery yeah and can admit that there is mystery and doubt right like i bring up a lot there was a either npr or radio lab or there's some podcast interview where they were interviewing it was all on faith and belief and doubt mm-hmm. and they interviewed a bunch of people and they interviewed billy graham's granddaughter mm. and they were like and this is like a secular it was npr or some shoot off podcast and they said they asked billy graham's granddaughter do you think billy graham ever doubted yeah and she immediately was like never no not for a second I was like, man, what he about, like, said that though. I just yeah. watched an interview with him yeah. on Larry King, and he did say, like, he asked him, and he's like, I never doubt. Yeah, but still, like, which is not even true. If, but even if, if it, but even if he thinks that, whatever, even if he thinks that, fine. But I just, even, when she said that, I said, man, what an unbiblical right. position. I actually love how much in the Catholic faith we're free to doubt. Yeah, people really think it's so dogmatic, and you just can't think clearly or think scientifically. It's yeah. like. The more I've been getting obsessed with truth the last 10 years, the more I doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I actually find truth. Yeah. And almost every aspect yeah. of study, whether it's yeah. you know the sciences or philosophy or theology, it's like I actually love the freedom to doubt. And I'm willing yeah. to, but I guess the thing with Joe Rogan that makes it difficult, uh, at least for me, is I love his sincerity. I do love his openness. But if he had the enough evidence mm-hmm. shared with him, like would he really – change the way he's living like anthony flew wrote the book there is a god after 50 years of atheism he literally wrote a book that is it's incredible essentially his conversion to deism essentially that okay i'm not atheist there is a god and at the end of his book he gave nt Wright like 30 pages to talk about christianity because he said it was the most convincing religion if there had to be one damn and he literally what's the book called what's there book called? is a god okay. by anthony flew uh rocked my world but essentially he he was you know he studied dna dna is what Pushed him over the edge to be like, I just, I can't be, this, I can't be atheist anymore. Hmm. Um, but he, you know, he sided with Socrates that said that, you know, he wanted to follow where the evidence leads. Yeah. And that's just what he did. Yeah. So with Joe, I don't know if he like, eventually if there was enough evidence, would it actually lead to him living a lifestyle of a Christian faith? You know? Yeah. I just don't like, that's the stuff to me is the mystery. Like, why did we find enough evidence? Like, why are the people in this room? Why do we find the evidence convincing? Yeah. And why do some people not? It's very, it's very mysterious. I mean, uh, I've been reading uh, Introduction to Christianity mm-hmm. by Ratzinger at the time, yeah. Pope Benedict, and I love like he talks about how He's a genius, yeah, and he talks about how the believer and the non-believer both struggle with doubt. The believer right. struggles with the doubt that maybe what he believes is not true, right? But the atheist also struggles with the doubt that maybe what he believes is not true. And I was like, man. Like as a believer, I've never, I've never, um, 
I've never thought about that because right. I've never been an atheist. Right. But I've never mm. thought about the fact that even as an atheist, you can never s- escape because, you know, as Descartes and some of these other people have found, like you, you just can't escape. Like there's nothing you can prove beyond a shadow of doubt. You always have to. Right. There's some. Either, either of us. Yeah. There's can't. some fundamental belief. Right. Even even with if you're scientifically minded, you believe that the scientific method is valid and the world's not tricking you. Or that we're not living in a simulation. Right. Is that Boltzmann? Something. I don't yeah. know. Boltzmann brains. He, he tells this story. I forget the where it comes from, but he tells this story about how this agnostic or atheist or someone goes to debate this rabbi. And he climbs up these stairs to get to this rabbi's house and he bursts into this apartment. And the rabbi is walking around just like wild-eyed, just like looking up at the ceiling and holding like the Torah or something and just like looking around and, and just caught up in thought. And then, and then he just kind of turns to this agnostic and just says, perhaps it's all true. Mm. And I'm sure it's a translation, but Benedict kind of says, it's like the great perhaps that Mm. shook the atheist to his core because at the heart of all of it, whether you're a believer or not, it's just this unsettling, but what if it's not true or what if it is? And yeah. like that, and that really is, I think every human has to wrestle with that. Perhaps it is true. Like what if it was all true or what if it, what if it wasn't <laughs> right? And no matter what side you're on, you still have to, re- you still have to wrestle with that. Uh, there's a woman we came in contact with recently. I don't want to say where, but she was like, I've never doubted ever. Mm. You know, I've never doubted. And when people say, why do you believe in God? I just say, well, just pray for faith and then you'll get it. And you'll, you know, like it's never been hard for me. It's never been a problem. And you know, maybe there are people that are like that, but I feel like that's not, that's like a, like an un, it's not a full picture of what it means to be human. Right. Well, to me, it's like doubting Thomas, the poor guy is going to be forever remembered (laughs) as doubting Thomas. But the funny thing is most of Christianity is actually evidence-based. It's a, it's such a smaller leap than I think people think. Yeah. Uh, in almost every aspect, whether it's the scriptures, the reliability of the scriptures, where it's in the reliability of the historicity of Jesus, whether it's the existence of God. I mean, the leap is not as far as we think. Um, I wrote, I wrote, I listened to this podcast, uh, Unbelievable, hmm. with Justin Browley. He's been having uh, Christians and atheists debating for the last 10 years. What? It is literally – On a podcast? It's the most incredible – I mean, this is a great podcast right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's better. Second to this. I mean, to second to this. Yeah. Right. Um it's I've been listening to it, Unbelievable by Justin Bright, question mark. And it's been going on for – It's in London. They actually just 10 did, years? Yeah. Bro, it's incredible. It's actually – like I wouldn't recommend it to people that don't know their faith very well because the arguments are so good for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been rocked after some days where I'm like – Wow. It, it, it was kind of like You're just scary. like, who, who am I? No, but dude, all these guys – like these are the all, all these guys I'm listening to. Uh, you know, Bart Ehrman. Dude, Oscar I follow – McGrath, Brett Weinstein. Dude, yeah. Brett, no, I like <laughs> – McGrath, bro, McGrath your mind's gonna get blown. From I like these William things. Lane Craig, although sometimes he's a bully in debates. He kind of is, just because like some people just know how to do the debate method. Yeah, yeah. like they know how to do debates. You're like, he, come on, come I mean, on, dude, you're just like too good at it. He's really good. Yeah, this guy, uh, Freeman. I got this quote from his podcast, Freeman John Dyson. Uh, I think he's a politicist or something. He said, the more I examine the universe and the details of its architecture, the more evidence I find that the universe in some sense must have known that we were coming. Oof. That's more like the fine-tuning argument, which actually Christopher Hitchens uh, said is the best argument for God. It's mm. fine-tuning. 
Christopher Hitchens said that? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Dude, he was such an angry man. Dude, crazy. I didn't I didn't understand any of Christopher Hitchens' arguments were all like historic like history based. They were all like he well, had history and there were a lot the, of old testament. I know, but they were all like, Well, Christians were bad throughout the years. <laughs> right, right. I was just like, What? Like that's your argument? Right. Like Which Christians really did some effed up stuff. Right. And you're like, So? Well, yeah, duh. Like, dude. He's like, man, Christians do some bad stuff. Well, I feel like this, that's the same argument today. I meet so many people like there's too many hypocrites. I'm like, what institution yeah. doesn't have them? Yeah. Hollywood hashtag me too. You're I saying mean, all the scientists were great guys? Right. Gosh. Yeah. yeah they are. No, Perfect. they're not. Yeah, I want to know real quick, like lightning round, why, going back to what you asked, Ayla, I'm like, what convinced y'all to either be Catholic or Christian? Well, lightning. Like what, what was it that like, what was the one thing, what was it, the truth that led? You first. Uh, I guess uh, – I mean it's hard to – I was just blessed with a really good family. So like I had parents who were just constantly affirming and I don't know, just very nurturing, very good example of what I think our vocation as parents is looks like. And that, that honestly just – I was encompassed. Yeah. In ministry, and I was just in love. But you with never it. questioned your faith. I totally questioned it. No, totally. Um, I, I mean, I had like I had experiences, like we we all have, that where the Lord speaks to you really loudly, and you listen for, for the first time. But like someone yeah. hearing that wouldn't know what that language means. Yeah, you will. I no, I, but like a random person that's never been to church would not know what like the Lord spoke to me, and I had an experience. They're like, I've never had that. How I, would you communicate that? Because I, I mean, it's I, I don't know. The Lord can speak louder than I think we can classify, and I I think like for me, I wasn't looking for it. Like I was mm. like we've talked about this. I yeah. was touring and yeah. smoking weed, and <laughs> and like I had no interest in right completely pursuing the church and. He'll speak as loud as he has to, right? Um, so I mean, but I, I never like, l- I, I definitely doubted, and I still doubt. But I, I didn't have a moment of like, like I'm out. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. I hear, like, to put like, like a definitive, an- definitive answer on it is it was your family, it was your parents, it was a model of yeah, Christian totally. faith. I mean, dude, I, I'm not making a joke about this, but I love your family. Like, I love. Um, I think your <laughs> I love both your parents, but I I think your dad like really models I think what Joseph was. Mm-hmm. Your jo- your dad's kind of like quiet, but he's got a, a servant's heart, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I think you know it starts it starts with family. Yeah, yeah, totally. Pretty cool. I agree. That's awesome, man. Uh, mine was yeah, I did the party thing, no God, atheism stuff, but I didn't wasn't really like a smart atheist. I was just like ah, there's no God. <laughs> Go smoke a bowl, you know. Um, I want to go surf and hook up and things like that, you know. It was very punk. Very punk. Yeah, I was just a little punk. But, um, yeah, so I got caught by the cops. I had to go to court um, with drugs and then got invited to go to a Steubenville Youth Conference. And it was that experience and adoration where I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is real. It was a combination of the preaching, the mass, the adoration that was just real, really powerful. I'd say after that, though, I've – that. After that was – so it was definitely an emotional experience for that, that first one. And then for me, it's been more intellectual. Um, I mean, yeah, just a bunch of seeking intellectually through lectures, debates. I mean an insane amount of that stuff. And um, and actually at Franciscan, I had some major doubts because I was studying philosophy and theology. And it man, it just brought up some 
really big questions, you know. And um, so I've definitely had hundreds of conversions since. But that initial one was like, you know, your low point, right? And then you realize, yeah, it is God speaking through circumstances. But I know friends that got caught with weed and drugs and just like kept smoking and kept partying, you know. So I don't know what, why that was so intense for me to where I was like, oh, I should go on a retreat. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. The more I've studied over the years, the more I'm convinced, even in the midst of like, yeah, not being 100% certain, obviously, because we can about everything. But I think the evidence is overwhelming um, for Christianity. So that's what's kind of kept me in it. What was your thing? Oh, oh it's my turn. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Because you said you you didn't ever – you weren't ever – Obviously atheist, but was there – so you like always I mean, grew up with church. Yeah, my parents were Catholic, but I, I definitely went through a phase where I I was like, if I'm going to believe this, I'm going to ask all the hard questions. Yes. And I need to ask all the hard questions because I'm going to go to school and people are going to ask yes. those hard questions. And I don't want Where'd wanna... you grow up? Um, we moved around a lot, oh, right. but for the most part, Tampa. Okay. Tampa, Florida. So yeah, Southern California, Tampa, I don't know how like liberal – yeah, I mean, uh, well, I didn't have a lot of friends that are like actually living out their faith, so I yeah, was being no, questioned was, all the time. Yeah, I mean, like if anything, it was just like Protestant friends. It was yeah. just like, oh, you're Catholic. Do trans. you like, yeah, Trans Siberian Orchestra uh, religions? <laughs> so I don't know. I just I went in this phase where like, okay, I, I need to really challenge this. I don't just want right. to be like people say. Oh well, if you're born in this religion, you're going to have that yeah. religion. So I was like, I don't want to be that. Like, I'm willing. Genetic fallacy. Yeah, like I'm, I'm willing to separate from my parents. Like, I need to make this my own. Um, and so then I definitely went like the route of science for a little bit there. And then um, I think at the heart of it, for me, it came down to whether or not I believed that there was something more than just the material world. Mm. And that's hard to prove. But I, I had a sense, you know, reading. Um, mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and some of these other things. It was like, man, like the moral, like where do I get my morality? Where do I get um, this sense of beauty, truth, goodness that seems outside of the material world? Um, Weirdly enough, a really, I think, prescient moment for me, I randomly read The Stranger by Albert Camus, I think, in like like sophomore Hmm. year of high school for a project. And it's kind of about existentialism, like this person that just lives in the moment. And it, it's kind of this weird tragedy of this person just mm. living in the moment, fully in the moment. And it really scared me. And it not scared me, but it was like a sense of, okay, it was a way for me to experience what that life would be like. Mm. I mean, it ends with this guy just like the sun gets in his eye and he's kind of jealous and then he kills someone and then he's in jail and he just doesn't care because – um, and it, it famously starts with, um, I forget in the French, but it's something like, m- like mother died today. And the whole book just goes on from there of like this dispassionate, disconnected, just living in the moment. Nihilism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. And that freaked you out. Uh, yeah. Well, it didn't freak. I mean, in some ways, in a weird way, it really, I really resonated with like, this is a path. This is an option for me to go this route. And this is where this leads. And I believe that there's something more than that. Um, so then mere Christianity and then, uh, the case for Christ. Yes. Like the his the historicity of the gospels, the it credibility. Only. Yeah. And just like, okay, at the very least, I believe that Jesus was an actual person that lived. Right. 
and he's different than every other religion or religious person because he claimed to be God. And then the cultural and historical impact of him, all these people dying for this man who claimed to be God, very different than Mormonism or Islam or all these other, like instead of claiming to have found a way, he said he was the way and he was God. And, um, so all of that really, a Lord liar lunatic. Yeah. That gets you. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. That one got me pretty good. Yeah. Although there, there are valid arguments against that. Yeah. And they've kind and, of expanded upon yeah. the fourth one now. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But, uh, I think a lot of that stuff led to this point where I think if I could articulate it, I felt like it was the most compelling way to live my life. Mm. And I think if you really, really asked me if I was like alone, you know, in a field by myself, looking up at the sky, there's half of me that is certain and the other like certain that there's a God there and the other half of me that at least hopes it to be true and is willing to just live my life hoping it is true. Right. And so I think there's always like those two sides in every moment of prayer where it's like, even if this isn't true, like the hope is it fills that atheism in, in me. Mm-hmm. It's like hope that this is true. Uh, and it has just seemed like the most compelling way to live my life. Um, and if I were to add sprinkles on top of this cake, it would be the stories of saints mm. and just being like, they, they're just such a contradiction, such a like story of greatness that seems to turn everything on its head. Mm. Like St. Maximilian Colby, some of these saints yeah. that, that just like died for other people. <laughs> and it's like, if anything, the part of me, like the part of me that the half or quarter of me that's tempted to atheism is compelled by those things. And at least just hopes it's true and feels like it's the most compelling. Yeah. And then there's the other half of me that's like, no, this is definitely, this is definitely true. Mm. There's a group of, there's a group of saints. I'm trying to look them up. They all were beheaded and like walked and preached the gospel with their head cut off for a while. Jeez. I love those stories. It's hilarious. Like chickens. Yeah. They were holy chickens. Wait, do my pastor growing up, he would call people holy chickens. He was like from Spain, didn't speak full English. Like, I mean, he's still alive. Father Diaz. I'm going to a men's retreat where he'll probably be there. He was like five. He is five feet tall, like ran five miles a day until he was like 65. Would do pull-ups in trees. He wore red socks because he loved the Holy Spirit. Fuego, fuego, fuego. Yeah, he would like – and he would call us holy chickens. One time during a liturgy, like during a homily, he brings out this like chicken that does like the chicken dance song. It's like da 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 da. He's like, "Repeat after me. I'm not a holy chicken. Repeat after me. Fuego, fuego, fire, fire. Like God loves you. One million million times. Right. You know, he just was crazy. I found it. Cephalophore is a saint who generally depicted is generally depicted carrying their own head. Cephalophore? That sounds like a yeah. dinosaur or something Johnny contracted that down dope, in Miami. <laughs> right, Isn't Allie? That cool? Cephalophore? Yeah. Dude, I think Johnny takes medicine for that. I do. Since I don't believe definitely medicine. sounds like an STD. Some yeah. kind of. That was that weekend in Key West that you regret, Johnny. That's right. What was that last weekend with you? Right? What? Never mind. Cephalophore. Cephalophore. Side effects may include <laughs> nausea, <laughs> vomiting. Oh, 
decapitation. Decapitation. Bradley, how do we know when to stop this podcast? I, I was asking myself. Question. I, no just, I, I could feel everyone asking I feel like Cephalophore is like a great spot to end. It's time. All right, guys. Well, well you have to wake up in like five hours. Yeah, tomorrow's yeah. going to suck. Sorry, man. Yeah, my this tomorrow's was so gonna worth it, too. though. It was. What this is good. It's fun. So tomorrow, my well, at 10 a.m., I have a thing, and then, <laughs> and then my wife's leaving around two, and then it's just me and my son Noah, and then I have to prepare for. I'm giving a bunch of talks on a retreat, but then the next day we're leaving on a flight to the to the retreat in Tampa. Right. So How often are you traveling for events? Not a whole lot. Not a lot. Johnny invites me out. He's to got stuff. nothing going on. Yeah, I got nothing going kidding. on. Sick. But you're a youth minister. Evangelization. No, actually now I'm adult. I do adult stuff. That sucks. Yeah. It's weird Adults. saying like, hey, everyone, come to my adult classes. It's like, right. uh, I don't know that I want to come to those. It's good we need you in that. We just need, just we run need your politicians. Lane, we need adults. We need physicians. Lawyers. Someone – we were just talking about that last night at 635 with any, Like the whole – like Dude, any Hickman? There's a guy. Celebrity crush right there. Yeah, it's his beard. Dude, I would eat nacho cheese off of his wrist. Oh. Yeah, amen. I would eat it directly off of his wrist area. Yeah. I mean, dude. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think twice. If he was like, dude, I got some extra nacho cheese, I would just scoop that off. <laughs> it's just like this conversation is just cephalophores. Dude, if if nachos if, if we, off of if we were, if we were out of chips, I would I would use my fingers. I mean That's what I that's how I feel about any Hickman, seriously. I, yeah, I I get that. He's my spirit animal. Dude, yeah. Dude, like he's because he's short. Insane. How we're, short is he? We're both his like same size. How how tall are you? I'm as tall as Tom Cruise. How tall are you on like a good day? Ooh. Five, six and a half. Okay. All right. But what no, he was just saying last night, like the reality, like he has seven kids. And he has seven kids? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And dude, he's been living radically for a long time. And it's like, at, you know, we, why do we think we have to be in ministry to be ministers? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I just believe in the parish. For some reason, I know my lane is just to it's work at awesome a parish. It's awesome because parishes are failing everywhere. Exactly. We need you. I just know I want to work at a parish till I die. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't want to go work at Life Teen. I don't want to go work at Dynamic Catholic. Yeah. I don't want to go. I don't want to. Like, even, so awesome. Even if the speaking starts taking off, you yeah. know, like I just no, want to work at a parish. Week. I just sucks. want to work at a parish. Dude, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day we'll work at a parish. Together? Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. With any. Yeah, dude. Any and would Johnny. Make, dude, any would and make. And any would make a, you know, any would, you would, well, no, I mean, just go to mass there. Well, no, I think, yeah, I think Bradley would do like young adult ministry and any would be really good at like facilities and maintenance. Mm -hmm. But But Friday, like dinners. Yeah. Friday dinners, but like facilities and maintenance. Johnny would do production. He would do like all the hazers. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. And you'd be the speaker. Yeah. I would speak all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny would film it. We don't need, I would be the pastoral associate. We'd only let the priest come in to do the Eucharist. But right. then other than that, I'd be like, I'd you be do. boss. You ever think yeah. about being a priest? Uh, a little bit. But my wife doesn't like it when I think like that. Yeah. Amen. So. That's a great place to end. All right, guys. This was a great podcast. <laughs> All right. Lightning round. Bradley, where can, where, can people, where can people find you online or on the internet? Bradleybanning.com or okay. find me Bradley Banning. On Spotify. Dude, Facebook. That name's going to work. That name's going to work, bro. Yeah. I so you're not married yet. You're still single? 
I'm dating. You're dating. Okay, is so that, guy, girls, guys, don't. Okay. A-Lob, are oh. you single? I'm single. I've been actually thinking about, I've been trying to, I've been getting into farming. Uh, like Farming? Yeah, have you watched The Biggest Little Farm on Netflix? Farmers what does it have to do with being single? But I'm thinking about going on Farmers Only <laughs> and finding a date there. So like, because I need a, a dating f- app. Yes, farmers only. I'm joking. Is a I'm not app? gonna do this. But yes, I'm single. No, I'm not on any apps, dating apps. Dude, but you're farming for the Lord. But I want to. I want to like help heal people with healthy food. Dude, but and we need, worship. Yeah, but Alob, let's be serious. I'm how to call you. <laughs> Whatever your name is. You know what we need though? We need faithful people on Tinder. Yes, Amen. Ooh. I mean, Johnny's trying to evangelize on. I actually Grindr. played a wedding with two people oh, that were Christian that met on Tinder, and now they're married. See, it's a real thing. I just don't do any of the dating apps. I don't have any social media. So. Yeah, but we need faithful people on there. I know, because there are people swipe, swipe, swiping, and they need to find yeah. a Christian man like you. Maybe we should start one tonight. Me and you? No, like you, we can do a profile for me tonight on Tinder. Yeah, that'd be cool. We should do it during the podcast, actually. I'll pray about it. Oh, man. We should live just, like, review <laughs> people's Tinder accounts, and you just do left oh, or right. And then we'll follow up on the, so next, on the next podcast. We'll, we'll update, like, how that date went at, at 1 a.m. on a Thursday night, oh, how that gosh, date, how that so date went. Oh, gosh. So late. Wednesday night. You're like, all right, let's update how A-Lob's date went last Jeez. week. That sounds like a horrible... They went and got tacos at 1 a.m. in downtown Dallas. Waterburger. Yeah. Nice. Waterburger. All right, guys. This was a good podcast. Thanks thanks for coming out. This was fun. Cheers. We we did ministry and we talked. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody. Oh, A-Lob. Where can people – is it – what am I supposed to call you when I hang out with you? Come in whatever you want. Andrew? My mom calls me What does Johnny call call you? A-Lob? A-Lob. Andrew most of the time. Really? I feel like – Bradley, what do you call him? A-Lob. Bradley Banning, what do you call him? Bradley Luke Ban- or Kyle. 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 I don't know, man. I think that I seems like out of place. Luke. I do. Oh, okay. What do you call him? Alum. You call him Alum? Is it oh. weird when I call you Alum? I like, I mean, I, I got it as a nickname and like as a freshman in high school. I know, but it's mm. a so nickname. So no one really but... called me my name. Okay. All right. You can call me Andrew. Oh, ah! Okay. So <laughs> wait, wait. So uh, alobmusic.com, that's the only place I have some things. I'm Does not anybody call media. you Andy? Uh, my aunt. Hmm. She's the only one I'll let. I'll maybe let you. Mm, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah, okay. Johnny, where can people find you online? JohnnyPhilp.com. John Stamos. <laughs> oh JohnnyPhilp.com. Oh, I That's love it. this stuff. All right, guys. It's the, it's the end Whoa, of the show. cool. It's the end of the show. Johnny, just lead us out here at the end of the show. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Check it. <laughs> <laughs>